Hello and welcome to the Yggdrasil Podcast. I am your host, Reddit Tusker, and today we have Jacob joining us. Jacob, thank you for coming. Hello, thank you for having me on. No problem. Um, now, for those that aren't aware, Jacob here uh, gained some more or less recent uh, fame with his uh, fairly popular uh, Monster Hunter Dose review. Uh, maybe even infamous Monster Hunter Dose review. <laughs> uh, so I have a lot of questions about that. I have a lot that I want to get into, but maybe you can run us through what that is and maybe your channel in general. Sure. Um, so, uh, I'll, you know, I'll start with the channel. Uh, I started that channel in 2018, and it is technically a spinoff of... Um, what I used to do on YouTube, what I used to do on YouTube, doesn't really matter. Uh, I basically wrote fan fiction uh, about, uh, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> in uh, in 2018, I made it because I was basically unhappy. There's something inside me that was unhappy about Monster Hunter World and Fifth Generation. I had like I started playing Monster Hunter in 2010, so uh, I've had. Like, uh, it was eight years at that point of playing this game and really, really loving Monster Hunter, going back all the way to the oldest titles. Um, and there was something I was unhappy about with World. As I played more of World, I came to love it. I actually, like, I do genuinely really like World. I think Base World, I actually enjoy it more than Iceborne to a, to a degree. Mm. Um, but uh, I really wanted to basically say to the world, uh, there has to be a... Re I wanted to find out why was I unhappy with World. Um, and it happened when I started playing Monster Hunter DOS. And basically, or DOS, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I know that was something that people complained about. Is like, you're not pronouncing it correctly. I'm like, who it's, cares? It's DOS. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, I realized that that game fundamentally is so different, it's so experimental compared to even the original Monster Hunter, there's like a bunch of changes that they made, that it was a di it was basically a different genre. And the more I dug into it, I realized that the genre had almost changed. And I basically just wanted to make a long-form video that explains Monster Hunter 2 and also just explains the, sh the changing genre that Monster Hunter has experienced. Um, Especially in uh, fifth gen, where they—I wouldn't even say it's really in fifth gen. I think that fifth gen was sort of a a natural. It was a natural progression that it just got to where it was, and it's for the best because we've gotten a lot more fans into the series, and it's sold really, really well. It's good for Capcom, but um, yeah. Sorry, that's really all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's a me, very uh, broad topic. Let, yeah, it is a broad topic. Let me um try and focus can you run us through your ice cream analogy because you put that fairly early on in the video and i thought that was just a wonderful analogy like uh, i thought that was really well said it really captured the attention of, of the audience uh and you know it's like okay now i'm willing to listen for the next three hours now that i've heard this ice cream <laughs> analogy so could you run us through what that is sure uh it actually it came to me when i was showering one day because i was really trying to figure out what's the hook for the video um, and, uh, trying to explain it to my friends who just didn't understand, because they're like, oh, if you like Monster, if, P if you like Monster 2 so much, how come no one else did? And so I basically related Monster Hunter, uh, as a franchise, as a product, to ice cream, 
Um, and I basically said that Capcom is really good at making uh, action games. And so I called it chocolate. I called it that Capcom's really good at making chocolate ice cream. Um, and then one day they were experimenting with this, with their chocolate ice cream. They decided to make mint chocolate ice cream, which is what I call survival action game. Like, a, uh, it's it, different from Resident Evil. There, obviously, there is some similarities, but essentially uh, that Capcom made chocolate mint ice cream, uh, mint chocolate ice cream, that was mostly mint with little chocolate pieces so that people playing it would really, really like the chocolate because it's the Capcom action chocolate that people really, really like. It sold really, really well. Uh, but the mint was a little bit, it's a little bit niche. So not necessarily everybody really likes the... The mint. The, the mint. Right, and in this and, case, the mint would be... Um, okay, so it, it seems to me like the argument that you're making, in this case, the mint would be the things that appeal to the people that liked classic Monster Hunter. And by classic Monster Hunter, you're, you're talking about uh, Monster Hunter Dose and Monster Hunter 1. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so, so the mint is the the thing that separates Monster Hunter from most other things. And then the chocolate is the action, uh, I, be I believe you call it um, boss fight DPS, DPS boss fights, uh, that, that they're yes. very popular and they're known for, I suppose, now. Uh, but that even though the chocolate is great and, you know, the chocolate tastes great, the mint is what defined Monster Hunter, you know, pre-try, I suppose. Yes. Or pre-whatever uh, came after Dose. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I I believe that it wasn't. I I believe that it was Do Dose was like the final uh, attempt to make a true um, it, it, like a broader Monster Hunter experience that wasn't tied down to DPS boss fight, DPS boss fight, because that's what the series is. It's just DPS boss fights. You have fifty minutes to kill a monster, um, and it wasn't until Portable Second or uh, Freedom Second where they've gone down this route of using the portable, um, I guess, philosophy for every single game. Um, and even a game like Monster Hunter World, which seems so different from uh, portable on uh, surface level, really just reuses like DPS boss fight every single time, which is fine. And many people enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, but to me, I think that there's value in the mint. And to see the mint removed, uh, it's unfortunate because I feel like there there could be an incredible game if the mint was brought back in. You know, okay, so that well, l let me just say that how impressed I was at the whole video. I, I watched the the entire thing at recommendation for some of my um, viewers. They told me to go watch it, and they're like, "You definitely need to need need to see this." And so, um, what what additionally hooked me apart from that excellent ice cream analogy was the the balls. To be like, uh, the true Monster Hunter uh, doesn't even exist anymore. Like, like, so I came in in World, uh, and right. that's that was my first Monster Hunter experience. And I've gone back and I've been trying out Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, and I've gained an appreciation because there's there's a similar lament to the kind of things that you're talking about. Uh, there's there's a lot of the same kind of things said about um, Monster Hunter World and the changes it made to the Monster Hunter formula and the the how it played before. Uh, so Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, let's say. And playing Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, I've gained an appreciation for the kinds of things that people are talking about. Um, 
And what you're saying sounds similar, but like an incredible extrapolation. It's like, it's like, it's, I, I, I can't help but feel a parallel because between like the mint, like the mint seems to be yeah. still the thing that the Monster Hunter 4 ultimate people that are like, that's the best, you know, game ever. Uh, it, they're, they're just lamenting that the, the mint is gone even more when, the, when it, when it's gone to world. Uh, whereas the mint might actually be the, the interesting part. So I mean, it's a hell of a claim when you really think about it. You're like, the the mint has been gone. You guys have just noticed now the mint is yeah. has vanished. I, I I was gonna say, and this is uh, I, this is the, one of the critiques I got from the video was uh, that technically I shouldn't say that um, Monster Hunter One and Two are true Monster Hunter, and and someone said like really it's more just first installment weirdness because true Monster Hunter would be the chocolate Monster Hunter right because that's how it's been for so many years that the first two games are really just experiments and it's like that's fair it's it's semantics like i don't think that we should really use i shouldn't even i should not have used the word true in my essay because yeah it isn't really uh, my essay wasn't to say that monster world isn't true monster Hunter because it, monster Hunter is but it's more that the genre of monster Hunter could have been something else we could have gone down another route uh, but we've slowly gone down a different route that suits one particular playstyle, and it's unfortunate um, for people who like the other playstyle. And you can see it now, the you know, with Monster well, Four, which hang, I, well, hang I on. also um, really like. I, I we've been talking about it like that for a while, but I I just noticed like I've seen your video, and you you've obviously seen your video, uh, but like maybe we should define. What exactly the mint is uh, before before we talk about it. so so we've talked about the chocolate the chocolate is the um, extremely fluid really fun um, DPS boss fights that we have today uh, in Monster Hunter but what are you talking about when you're talking about the mint what is the mint so the mint particularly goes to survival simulation uh, and uh, really like when in my video I you you put the chocolate very well but really I, I usually would say the chocolate is just action it is just an action game but uh yeah dps boss fights which i don't really like to view dps boss fights as, as the villain but uh the mint refers to uh particularly survival simulation uh and the big ones in that game are how uh you cannot grind uh the same like quest every single time because it's a survival simulator quests are not randomly generated, but they're on like a schedule, a schedule where basically uh, you have to live in the world. You have to wait for the quest to appear and then go on the quest that way. You have to fully immerse yourself and understand uh, the changing seasons, the changing day, uh, what is available to you in certain parts of the in-game year. Uh, having like a full understanding of what every individual item is where to get it because it's all on this weird schedule and i mean the video goes into detail about everything about like food skills and how that is all tied to uh lots of memory and the seasons and the day you also talk um, about how um uh most of the quests that you're doing are are for the villagers like you're the only hunter in the village yes. and it's it's a very it's a very personal relationship that you develop with the villagers because you're doing this thing for this villager and if you do enough quests for this villager they'll take you out to eat 
you know though yes <laughs> yeah uh, and, and it's just not something that happens uh no anymore because like i mean especially in world there's like this how should i put it there is a i'm not okay so people need to understand before i before i get into this i am not criticizing when i say these things i'm just talking <laughs> I'm, I'm just stating facts just stating me facts. too <laughs> <laughs> okay so in world there is this thing where you're told to go do something and you're given some bullshit reason to go do it uh and then you do it and okay well there, there the quest is done and you usually don't it it, it doesn't relate to anything in astera mostly some some do but, yeah. but mostly it doesn't relate to anything in astera whereas what you were talking about in monster hunter uh, dose is that you had these villagers and they needed stuff and it made sense what they needed and it, yeah. in fact there were sometimes they would ask you for stuff that was hard to find during that season or even impossible to find during that season. So if it was like winter or something, uh, they'd ask you for something and you couldn't get it until the next season. But they wanted it yes. back then because that was when it, when it was in high demand. Of course, that's what they wanted in, right. during the cold. And so like um, when I heard that, like stuff like that is like this, uh, this hunting simulator is what the mint is. The, hu the hunter yeah. simulation uh, experience is what you're talking about when you're talking about the mint. Um, and the chocolate is also good. It's also fun, but it's not the main focus of the game. Uh, you can't just farm on a monster. If for no other reason that you don't have easy access to potions, if anything. Like, the, yeah. you were talking about uh, during winter, all the bees are dead. You just can't get honey from the honey piles. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. If you gather at the honey piles, you just get insect husks, which blew my mind right. because... Up until that point in Monster Games, you would always get insect husks um, just randomly. It would be an RNG, and I'll be like, why? Why did they even put this in the game? Well, now I realize, because in 2, it was to tell you, oh yeah, they're dead. The, the bugs are dead. You don't get any honey. You just get dead bugs. <laughs> right. And so, uh, so there's like, I mean, you go into very, uh, you go into a lot of detail in the video, but there's like levels and levels of immersion on there. Uh, for example, I think one of the things that you're talking about is, uh, Velocipray and Velocidrome share a lot of the same materials. Uh, there's not yes. like a whole separate table of materials for like they share a whole bunch of the same materials. Uh, money yeah. is so valuable. Like everything's so expensive with the money uh, in Monster Hunter Dose. A huge amounts of of, uh, of cash that you have to pour into upgrading your, your stuff. And the there's just a lot. <laughs> like there was a lot in your yeah. video that you were mentioning. It, it it was it was really dramatic to see how like just the the amount it costs to upgrade my longsword and within the game, mm -hmm. um, and how in uh world it's so cheap, uh, and how many monsters you have to fight in order to gain that money, and really it is all about you are a hunter in order mm -hmm. to succeed you need the money right <laughs> uh and I and they made it uh easy to get money by selling items because that's the I, I mean just selling monster materials but also there was a hunt there was a hunting bounty on every monster so uh it, certain monsters were in high demand and if you hunted them you would get more money and it was never tied to how many times you faint which was really really nice so you could you could faint twice lose some money but you still get the the hunting bounty which was always more than whatever the hunting hunting reward was. So 
it benefited you to sort of uh, go for the monster that was at the highest demand in order to gain the most money, which was usually Elder Dragons, but that they that was extremely difficult because in order to slay the Elder Dragon, you had to follow it across different maps because it would always leave at like 25% health. Um, so Plus there it's, was uh, the, um, the materials that you, you, you mentioned how the materials were, you felt like they were designed to be sold. Uh, yes, they yes. were. You would just get random Kutku scales if you were gathering at Honey, which does happen in Monster Hunter 4, uh, which is interesting. Um, there would just be uh, Cachelladora scales, which you can just gain from mining at the tower. And the point of that was to sell them. Uh, when you get them in high abundance, uh, especially like different materials like... Um, Beast, uh, the the fangs you get from uh, the congas, the monkeys, uh, those sell for a lot, and you get a, them from many different monsters. I think sharp fang, because you can also get them from the crabs. Um, and yeah, you just get uh, lots of a like a, an abundance of certain items that just sell for a lot, and that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to sell them. So this. Um... Okay, so let me just make sure that uh, people understand what, what your claim is. Your, your, your claim is that this aspect, this, this high immersion um, Monster Hunter simulator, monster, like, like even just the, the part, it's not just like going out there and collecting stuff, it's also bringing it back to the village, it's interacting with the villagers, it's, you know, you need the village to support you and the, support, and the village needs you to, to, to help them with, for, for all the things they need, especially hunting. Uh, yeah. So it's like this, this dynamic relationship that you you feel is absent post monster hunter dose am i you know am i framing your what you're saying correctly uh basically absolutely except i believe that uh i mean to, to just say it was completely gone after two is kind of incorrect because three did also have an element of villager interaction and um dependency a codependency mm -hmm. um well it, it's been less and less throughout the series yeah would that be fair as those series has gone on there's there's less of a codependency like a a mutual symbiotic relationship between the hunter and the village uh where i mean it's at the absolute extreme opposite in world where you're literally an army uh right. that has been sent um so it's like there's no need for you to do anything because you rest assured there's an army handling it. But in two, you are the only one that can progress things forward. You're the only one that can help the village with their demands. Okay. So uh, let me... I Now that I've, I've played Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, I've, I finished the low-rank story of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Now, yes, 4 Ultimate. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's... A lot of what you were talking about, I wouldn't have understood had I not played a game with more mint, like Monster Hunter 4 right. Ultimate, because it definitely has more mint than World and Rise. Uh, and one of the things that I talked about in, in a video that where I was describing like this revelation, uh, where I was like, in the early game in Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, you don't have easy access to honey. Uh, no. Like, like not in World and Rise. In World and Rise, you almost immediately get access to the honey farm. You immediately, like, start <laughs> pumping out. And I think they gave me, like, 50 mega potions or something because I had beaten uh, Nergigante in the demo. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. something like that. So there was never a point when I didn't have mega potions in either one of those games, ever. 
Uh, I never touched that. I didn't even know that the item box in the beginning had items in it until like, <laughs> until like ice form. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I go and I play monster hunter for ultimate and you don't have no easy access to mega potions. You don't even have easy access to potions at the very beginning. Yeah. They don't even sell potions at the store at the, at the start. Uh, I think maybe they sell herbs at the store. If I, if they I sell herbs, they they will, and potions are unlocked like halfway through low rank. Yeah, um, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, these people are actually gonna make me go to the to the to the <laughs> field and pick up honey with my bare hand like a pleb. I was almost offended, really, the first time yeah. that I had to go do this. And so I go and I go to this honey. And this slow animation process, just like this dragging the honey out. It's like, it's like, and then I get a fucking uh, bee larvae, and I'm almost losing my shit right then. Like, I almost throw the controller up against the wall, like, I'm done with this, this game. Yeah, yeah. And so I, but no, I, I persevere. I get more honey. Um, and then I realize I have a stack of 10 honey, and that's, that's, that's the max I can carry. It's like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like it's going to be enough mega. I don't want to just keep doing this. And so, like, <laughs> I go and I buy a bunch of um, herbs, and I think that all I need is herbs and honey, but I, uh, no, no, it was actually no, no. herb and blue mushrooms and then honey. Uh, to, yep. And then I was just like, wow. It, because even the blue mushrooms, I think, aren't immediately available in, in low rank. So, like, at the end of um, the hearth, Thing. I finally got access to honey, and I put that kind of get me honey constantly. But it was it was still yes. like not that much. It was like maybe three honey at best per hunt. So every time yeah. I go out to do something, that's three. So I was like, man, if I use more than three mega potions, I'm losing my my stockpile of mega potions. So uh, yeah, uh, but but it was it was weird because like the Wycoon would ask me to go, hey, uh, here's some I need some glue hoppers to upgrade this this thing. And also, I'd look at a bunch of other questions, like, all right, well, I'm going to save myself a bunch of time and do several of these things at once. I know that glue hoppers are kind of over here in these bug net areas, so let me go purchase a bunch of bug nets. Oh, oh, right. and the bug nets. Don't even get me started on the fucking bug nets. Uh, it's like, stuff doesn't just restock. There's no restock your, your items button. You have to manually put everything in. Uh, every, after every quest, you have to go to your house and, like, put them in the box manually. Uh, yep. And, and even if you send everything to the box at the quest screen, you still have all the stuff you picked up and all the stuff that you carved off the monster. And you have to put that stuff there. And coming from World and, and playing World and Rise and then going to for, uh, for Ultimate, if you had told me that was fun, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought you were stupid. <laughs> but I was having fun. And I was more right. immersed than I had ever been before. Like... At some point, at some point, like my brain just it clicked, and I was like, "I'm having so much fun." I said to myself as I'm as I'm swinging a button to get a glue hopper right. for the Wycoon. and I was like, "Oh, this is so this is so good!" Like I get what they're talking about, and it was like so much pre preparation goes into going into a hunt in comparison to like it's obviously not anything compared to dose, but it's compared to world where you're just like snap of the finger and you go in. Right. Oh, uh, even if you, you know, card three times, whatever, I've got plenty more magic of potions. Like I just go back in. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And even if, if anything in rise, it, it's even worse because like the monsters don't, the monsters do low enough damage that I can always get away. Like there's, it's, I'm rarely in a situation where I'm in danger of carding. I'm more right. often in a situation where I'm running low on mega potions, but I can far caster back to the camp 
get more mega potions and go back into it. Um, anyway, the, the immersion aspect was something I didn't expect to be so important in the old games, and it was. It was. And the reason I mention that is because we should probably talk about immersion. Like, we should probably, before we, we, like, there's a lot I want to get to, but we should probably talk about immersion right. for a moment. One of the things that really annoys me is when people talk about um, the stuff that you and I are describing that we're talking about that was that was valuable, that, that's less and less as the series progresses. Uh, they call those things the quality of life changes. And I saw that part oh. of your video. And they're like, we're just removing all these things because their quality of life changes. And I didn't really get it, like, back when I only had World. And But right. I've always... No, they're not quality of life changes. Yeah, are... I... I, I... I was gonna, I was gonna butt in here because that was something that really, really bothered me. Um, they would always talk about quality of life changes. Here's the thing, honestly, quality of life changes are good. Uh, you know, uh, if if someone t like for me personally, yeah, I, I I love being able to gather faster when I'm out in the field. Um, uh, but the thing is, is I don't want that taken away from me. When I'm playing, you know, Rise, I never have to gather at the field because the the trader will just give me uh, overabundance of the items that I need. I, d I don't need to gather out in the field. If they had added the ability to gather at the f speed that you do in Rise back in, you know, 2, I would have appreciated it because I'm constantly gathering out in the field. So I'd consider that a quality of life change, but to sort of just remove it, some of the other features entirely... Um, they're not quality of life changes, they're gameplay changes. Um, right, right. <clears throat> it, it affects... Well, okay, well, yes, but but there's also, I, I hear a lot of arguments, stuff like, you know, they took off the hot and cold drinks, and they're like, yeah, did you really have fun chugging your, <laughs> was that really so important to, to chug, I hear stuff like that, and I'm like, no, right. you, don't, you don't get it, the thing is, <laughs> oh, oh, and here's the worst argument, uh, I, this one, this one makes me livid when I hear this one, it's like, I imagine caring about immersion in a game where you're fighting dragons that shoot fireballs or something like that. It usually uh. contains fireball. Like, there's usually a fireball when they talk about stuff like that. And I'm like, you don't understand. Immersion is not a yes or no answer. There's no, is this game immersive? Yes or no. That's not how this works. Immersion yeah. is, a, is a spectrum. Immersion exists on a scale. It can be more immersive and it can be less immersive. Um, and where the right balance is for each game is different okay uh it is definitely less immersive to just to, to take away the the hot and cold drinks and i'm not saying i necessarily care about the hot and cold drinks specifically right but this is part mm -hmm. of a larger trend uh that that four has that rise and world don't well, I mean, it's it's such a huge topic, and it, it's great to hear your thoughts on this, because, I mean, I spoke for three and a half hours in my video, <laughs> um, and it's great to hear someone just freely talking about it. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to say, uh, to define, uh, not really define, but to, to basically repeat what I say about immersion within the my video, is simply that uh, it is ultimately up to the individual on how immersed they are. Because you could present any game to anyone, and they can just say, I don't like it, I'm not immersed, no matter how much they play it, no matter how much the the creator of the game, like the developers of the game, 
purposefully put in features that they thought would make the game more immersive, it's up to the individual to decide whether or not they're immersed. Now, what's really great about Monster Hunter 2, and I think the, the old Mint Monster Hunter, is that it forced the player to really understand the interactions between their player character and the environment. And because uh, they had to really understand and focus on those interactions, uh, they had to place themselves within the world and uh, basically understand the world uh, through, like, just by memory and uh, just like a true understanding. And to me, I consider that the developers attempting to make an immersive experience. Uh, still, it's up to the individual to decide if they find that immersive, but you'll find that most classic Monster Hunter players will be like, well, yeah, it was really immersive back then. Uh, now it's just focused on just uh, sort of the meta gameplay, which is uh, killing a boss monster as fast as possible. I don't... Um, I agree with everything you just said, 100%. Uh, I just want to comment that the thing about... The thing of it, when I say this game took uh, has more elements that are immersive, all right, that is true. Like that's not a subjective opinion. Uh, the when when I say the developer, the developer uh, clearly made an attempt here to make this game more immersive. He added all these elements to make this game more immersive. And you saying, well, somebody saying, uh, well, I wasn't immersed. Well, that's not an argument. Like that's just yeah. That, I don't care. <laughs> it's it's true what I just said. <laughs> but but yeah. Um, yeah, and that's and that's totally fair. It's uh the the developers purposely went out of their way to to make interactions between the player character and the uh NPCs as well as the uh monsters the environment and the world itself where in order to succeed you sort of have to immerse yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh which is cool uh and it's something that i think that world just doesn't do so so uh let me just explain why i found your your video so interesting in a, in a broad sense and it's basically do you play do you play fire emblem have you ever played fire emblem yes i have played fire emblem i really like the series okay so i really like the series as well um as you may know there is People that don't like modern Fire Emblem that really like uh, <laughs> old Fire Emblem. And I'm not... I, I like modern Fire Emblem, but I don't like it as much as I liked old Fire Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem um, Path of Radiance and Fire Emblem uh, 7, I think, the, the, the Game right. Boy Advance one, are my favorite Fire Emblem games. I don't think anything's ever topped that. And there's lots of reasons. I, I think probably the way that they have their narratives and the way that they pace their storylines are, are is, uh, like I, I, I haven't thought about it that much, but I know for a fact that I like those more. And I don't like a lot of the things that I see in, in modern Fire Emblems. Um, and so that really resonates with me when I hear people from the older games like, oh, Try is my favorite, Monster Hunter for Ultimate's my favorite, um, Dose is my favorite. Uh, and it resonates with me when they're like, they're worried that they're about to lose uh, uh, <laughs> the the mint. Like they're they're worried right. that like the mint is being diluted to a point where it's not there anymore. And it's like the problem is I I hear this argument of gatekeeping a lot, and that one really bothers me because nobody no 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 
me not liking, for example, um, Fire Emblem Fates has nothing to do with gatekeeping. I, I, you can like Fire Emblem Fates all you want, but it's right. not it's not classic Fire Emblem. It's not like classic Fire Emblem. Uh, it, it isn't like uh, Fire Emblem 7. So it's not that I don't want you to enjoy things. It's just that I would also like to enjoy things. And you took that from me. Well, you, right. you, the company's direction in, in catering to you instead of me has taken something valuable from me, and I have no replacement. There aren't that many games, or, or maybe even any games, that are like Fire Emblem, A Path of Radiance, and Fire Emblem 7. And there's definitely no Monster Hunter games that are like what you describe with Dose. There's no games no. anywhere on the world that's what like no you one, describe no with, with Dose. And, and one of the things that I, that I like covering on my channel is like uh, games that, that are not like other things. That you, it's a specific itch, and you're not going to scratch it with something similar. There is nothing similar, even the attempts to make stuff similar. Like, people that like Monster Hunter might also enjoy Dauntless. But they're not going to say that it's the similar experience. Like the, no. you're not going to scratch the Monster Hunter itch by playing Dauntless. It's not going to happen. You're you're going to get very few people that say that it that it you know will. Uh, and so, it doesn't do me any good that the, if if the franchise uh, becomes super popular and super well known, if as a consequence it also becomes um, not Monster Hunter. And that's what a lot of people are worried about, that it's, good, that it's becoming not Monster Hunter. That what happened to Fire Emblem could be happening to, to Monster Hunter. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sympathetic. Yeah, uh, ironically, uh, I'm one of the newer Fire Emblem fans. I, right. uh, try, I tried to play uh, the GBA one, and mm -hmm. I honestly did not, did not like it. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's just coming yeah, that from happens. the fact... Yeah, it's just because I'm used to the new games, and I really, I, I don't want to call it immersive, but I like the interactions between the characters, um, and how you, you, you're basically forced to become very personal and intimate with the, with the, the different, uh, units. Uh, anyway, that's not Monster. Uh, it, it, you'll see this with every franchise, um, Every franchise will experience this, where the classic fans are like, "Hey, you had a specific genre, right? And since then, you've you've not diluted it, but you've uh, centralized it to a certain genre that most people like more. And so, the specific people that fell in love with the original game, they're playing this old archaic game that could be updated and could be incredible, like the newer AAA." title but it it isn't it's still this ps2 clunky game um and there's no replacement so right. you're forced to play it and you're like yeah like i mentioned <laughs> at the end of my video dos is not my favorite game i have to make that clear uh, right right uh i i felt that it, it's uh awful <laughs> uh it's very difficult to play uh, very archaic, and I was struggling a lot, and I could barely complete quests. Um, was it still fun? Absolutely. Uh, but is it my, you know, favorite monster experience? Not quite. I think it's just because we need, like, we, they, I, I would like if Capcom would reevaluate Monster Hunter, uh, I mean, I feel like they should start at the story and actually, you know, give a shit when they're writing, <laughs> uh, their narrative. <laughs> Because yeah. they, they used to, they actually used to, but, um, and I think that they could find a, a powerful statement about, like, survival, hunting, you know, the villager and hunter codependency. They could, they could really craft something really powerful. 
because it they seems like that's kind of what they want to do, doesn't it? Like it seems yeah. like that's that's like if you go and, and look at the wiki, or if you go and look at what the guild is supposed to stand for, and, and right. know, the themes that they're supposedly in favor for, that's the kind of thing that they're talking about. Uh, I definitely think it could be incorporated, and like even even in world, it has a facsimile of of doing that. Like it, it pretends like it's doing that. Like sometimes the the characters on there will like look longingfully at the distance and be like, "Yeah, <laughs> monsters and nature sure are wonderful, aren't they?" And, and that's that's about the extent of that. How that goes after you know, and then you go and kill them all. Uh, but right. <laughs> but uh, mostly what I what I resonated with me with what you were saying is that. I would really like a lot of these elements that you're talking about incorporated into this newer style. Because, like, don't get me wrong, I still firmly believe Rise is the most fun to play. Um, yeah. But there's nothing about Rise that would prohibit you from also having a lot of that stuff, a lot of that mint you're talking about. Because I'm, I, I got to say, I've never been a mint man, but what you're talking about <laughs> makes me makes me crave some mint. I think it right. wouldn't be impossible to incorporate some of that stuff back over here at least some of the mint that they had in monster hunter 4 ultimate uh, yeah i i think it would be a benefit i think that uh oh, i find that rise really is a retread of portable third and to me i portable third is meh for me <laughs> i played it on psp when it came out in japanese uh and i still absolutely loved it even though i didn't understand anything uh and I shouldn't say absolutely loved it because frankly it was it was meh. I still enjoyed it though. Um, so there are times in Rise where they have they are sort of returning to the mint, but it it's always bogged down by I think like the world qualities. I didn't really want to go too into Rise within my video because I felt that the game was brand new. I mean when I was when I was writing it most of the script it was before Rise came out. Um, and then when Rise did come out, I did incorporate some elements like, oh, yeah, like the, the actual, the small monsters will engage with the large monsters. Like, it was funny seeing uh, B Banabra uh, try to sting a Toby Kodachi, and I was like, <laughs> what is he doing? What is he, why is he attacking him? But, well, um, anything, and that that's might, something. That might, that specific, like, example, like, I feel like a lot of these small monsters attacking large monsters make sense in certain situations, but sometimes I'm like, maybe you guys should all just run. Like that's a that's a Teostra. Like I just I'm yeah. just saying like maybe you should you shouldn't be coded to a sting Teostra. It's just my just my two cents. It is interesting to see the little interactions though. Um, sorry that I think we I think I lost track what uh, of where we were in the topic. But uh, you were talking about you didn't talk about Rise very much, but uh, because it was mm -hmm. still new. Oh yes, yeah. I wasn't talking. Yeah, I didn't really want to go too into Rise because it was still new. But um, yeah, no, sorry, I he lost there train was something, thought. Yeah, there was something <laughs> else that, that I wanted to say. It was before that. Um, you were talking about Monster Hunter Portable Third and how uh Rise was kind of getting into that stuff. Yeah, it, it was sort of just repeating that. And so I I can see where it's trying to bring back the mint, but it, in no way did it ever right. truly right. bring it back. And I think to be honest, I, I feel like they yeah. took more. Like the, the yes, yeah. yes, it had some stuff. Um but like I really liked 
difficulty in in my Monster Hunter games. <laughs> uh, the reason that I even got into Monster Hunter was because I fought the um, demo Nergigante, and I got so beaten I got offended, and, and yeah. I you know kept playing it until I finally beat it. It was a great experience. Um, and Monster Hunter World, for all its flaws, had several walls where you had to figure out how to how to better approach the monster. Uh, you know you know it wasn't. It was still just getting better at the DPS boss fights, but even that's gone. Like even yeah. <laughs> in in Rise, there's not any walls anywhere. I no. when I went back to play Monster Hunter for Ultimate, the Gormagala was such a difficult fight uh, for for me, especially because I was still inexperienced in this whole much clunkier way of, of engaging in 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 fighting. Uh, yeah, but it, you know the the and, and even the. The flexing after the potions and the like, all, all that stuff. It made it much more difficult. So I got, I got really stuck at the Gormagala, and because I was so stuck on it, I really grew to appreciate the Gormagala. Like I understand right. now why it's such a popular monster uh, for so many people, especially because it keeps coming back. But but in Rise, it's just not there at all. Like there's nothing that's really difficult uh, until like update 2.0, I suppose. Teostra was fairly difficult. Valstrex is kind of hard. Uh, Apex Zenogre uh, is, is hits pretty hard. All of those are, are okay, but like there's no walls in between there, and there's nothing at the end game to to, to challenge you really. Nothing. Um, so I, even uh, even that aspect is is diluted. And like I suppose like a lot of a lot of people are gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna get criticism for this, but and you know in in Monster Hunter Rise Ultimate, that's sure to be addressed probably, but it's not a good trend, like. I don't want to see that again in a future entry. In Monster Hunter 6, you know, I don't want right. the low rank and the high rank to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, forget about the, the mint that's already gone that you're talking about. What Like, this was mint for me that, that was there just a moment ago. Like, it was just yeah. there, and now I see it vanish before my eyes. I, I, yeah, I, because I was recently replaying four, uh, you were, you were playing it and I, I wanted to go back to it. I was in, I'm in like in one of the save files that I was playing on, uh, I'm in G rank mm-hmm. and, uh, what I really love about, uh, classic monster hunter. And this is something I mentioned. It's that it's the health pools. Uh, the amount of health that the monster has is actually quite low. I was yes. fighting, um, a Dymo Hermitar. I only have like I was using, I was using charge blade. I only have to really hit it with the super amped elemental discharge whatever. I only have to hit it uh like 7 times with that attack. It's just like 7 well timed, well placed attacks and it's dead. Um but the monster can kill you in one hit. So it's like <laughs> the trade-off, the difficulty comes from the fact that neither neither the monster or the player can tank any attack you have to be super careful uh in uh rise especially but world as well and this is something that i've seen other people comment on is if effectively you can tank a lot of hits and the monster also tanks a lot of hits because they're Mm -hmm. large health pools um it's like four times the size of of (laughs) older games like something yeah and if you were to actually because uh, I, I was this is something I talk with like my monster friends with, but if you were to simply turn up the aggression on the monsters, turn up their attack, you don't have to have such a large health pool because half the time you'll be avoiding the monster, trying to mm-hmm. evade them. If they're just hyper aggressive 
and uh, they cause they do lots of damage. Getting one hit on you, you have to start running away because if you get hit again, you're dead. Which is how right. it used to be in the older titles. And you you can only not, get hit twice. Not not every hit. Like what I've noticed is that what I would prefer is like not every hit needs to take fifty percent of your HP, but like some of their hits should take seventy percent of HP, and some of their hits should take like twenty to forty percent of their HP. So you don't know what you're going to get hit next to. And so if you lose 20% of your HP, you're like, you think you're fine. You could probably tank another 40% HP hit. But what if he does his big 70% HP hit? Then, yeah. you, then you're screwed. Uh, so then, yeah, like that, I would like that. I would like, it's like, well, I, I kind of want to save the world segment for later. Uh, but <laughs> in Iceborne, um, I thought Elatrion was great. Like, it's controversial opinion among certain circles. A lot of people didn't like Elatrion. But Elatrion had some excellent hitboxes. It had some excellent um, combat. And like you said, the game's already a DPS boss fight. It just yeah. kind of made it super obvious that it was a DPS boss <laughs> fight. And, and it shouldn't have made it so obvious. I think, peop- I think they could have gotten away with it without criticism, or at least a lot less criticism, if they had done it more like Fatalis, because Fatalis is also a DPS boss fight, but he's also super popular. Um, yeah, in his final phase, if you hadn't broken his uh, head, his fire will just basically one shot you. If not, yeah. if not actually one shot you, so it'll do ninety to hundred percent of your HP when he hits you with that. And that's basically a a DPS check. You have to DPS his head before you get him to that last phase. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a DPS, so people complain less than they do with a Latreon. Right. And uh, for me, like. Uh... <laughs> I really, really like the Latreon. I think it's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite fights. Uh, and I personally think that his health is too high, but that's just because I think every monster, <laughs> his health <laughs> is too high. And I get it. I'm not I'm not the best player out there. You, you, from your gameplay alone, you're significantly better, and you have way less hours than I do. Um, well, actually, that's not true. I don't know how many hours you have. Uh, but I know that you not have that less it. years of experience. Right, um, right. And, uh, I have friends who also have tons of, like, not tons, but they have much less hours than me, but they're way better at the game. So much better at the game. Uh, and they are able to go through these fights, like, no problem. I'm saying, like, oh, wow, like, I, I had, I struggled with Valstrax the first time I fought it in Rise. I beat him, but, like, I, I still, like, I, 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 I fainted twice. Um... And uh, they're like, "Oh, how are you struggling? I thought you have so many hours." And I'm like, oh, "Well, I, that I just think that, the, yeah, necessarily. Uh, I'm just, you know, I just don't keep up with everyone else because I play the game rather casually. So anyway, Alatrion, I just feel like his health is too high. But I'm sure uh, anyone who's like really good at the game be like, "Oh, he doesn't have enough health. I wish he had more health." No, uh, I, I, I felt he was kind of fine. Like I, again, yeah. like I, I would rather not have him with any more health than he already did, <laughs> especially at especially at the time where he released. Like he was right. a miserable fight trying to play with other people. Absolutely miserable. I bet. I bet. I uh, I don't play online, so uh, mm. I only soloed, and that that I mean, it was it was miserable for me. But I got through it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, no, the difficulty has been lost in in Monster Hunter. Uh, if you play Monster Hunter Two, I mean, oh my goodness, try the Raphalos in that <laughs> game. Like honestly, I t- I I tell I have this one friend, and I tell him if you want to be a true Monster Hunter, go back to two. 
and try to fight Rathalos, because he's post, he's endgame. Rathalos is after the final boss, and uh, he is so extremely difficult. Uh, it took me forever just to take down one, and then uh, obviously right away they give you a quest to fight as your Rathalos, and I'm like, right. no. And then on <laughs> top of that, they also give you a quest, which is, I mean, mandatory in order to finish the game, where you have to fight as your Rathalos and a regular Rathalos at the tower. Uh, and uh, anytime I've ever attempted that, like I, I don't make any progress because they just, they just gang up on me. But and the c- controls are so clunky. Like the game is meant to be a multiplayer game. Um, okay, so I, I feel like people are going to start thinking that I'm just complaining and complaining. It's like, oh, oh, Red Tusker just... Look, it's not that. It, <laughs> I like Rise more than you, probably. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is... Maybe we should be concerned. Because, like... We should. Every, everybody's thinking, like, this is just a temporary thing. Oh, it'll be fine in G-Rank. It'll, it's always been this way. No, first of all, it's not true. <laughs> no, it has not always been this way. But, but you... It, you made a, a, a mention um, somewhere in the video, I don't remember exactly where, where you're like, um, you're not, uh, you're, the game isn't easier, you're just better. No, 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 sir, no. that's not what's happening. No. That's not what's happening. Because I went back to Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, and I got fucked up by a Tetsukabra. All right, so don't you tell me. <laughs> and I was using what's apparently the overpowered weapon, the instant glaive, uh, at yeah. the time. So, like, no, that's just not the case. It was harder before. Uh, you can't sit there and tell me, like, okay, let's let's give the devil's due. It is probably somewhat true that people do get better as they as they get as they play the series more. They do, but that doesn't invalidate the fact that rise is easier. Like that, that's yeah. a fact. Just because that that is true to some degree doesn't mean that it's true to such a degree that uh, nobody can say anything and Rise just is not uh, easy. It just it clearly is. It obviously is easier than than any of the other games in the series. It, it really it is. I Rise was the first game where I have I essentially a hundred percented it, which is crazy because uh, I mean I didn't truly hundred percent. I'm like with the guild card, I'm like seventy eight percent, but. In comparison to every other game, uh, I would get as far as I complete every single quest except for the final offline quest, I, like, in terms of like what was available. And right. usually the final offline quest would be something insanely difficult. It's usually a G-rank level. Uh, you got to fight three flagship monsters at the same time in an arena, um, and they have very high attack, and it's meant to be the final challenge. And that's just that just shows that my skill as a player, just isn't very good. Uh, recently, I went back and I tried it again in 3 Ultimate, uh, the final quest, which is fight a Brachidios, Azure Raphalos, and an Ivory Legiacris in the arena. <laughs> and I actually, I actually beat it. Uh, uh-huh. I uh, When, years ago, when the game came out, I was not able to, but I was able to beat it this time. And then right after, they give you uh, an Elatrion to fight, which is funny. Uh, G-Rank, uh, both quests are G-Rank level. Um, I only had high rank equipment though, um, and I uh, I managed to beat that one as well, and that was very difficult. So I will say that I am getting better, and most players are getting better, right. absolutely. Uh, but Rise is so <laughs> extremely easy that I didn't struggle ever at any point. I I, I actually don't. I just I I I 
I'm surprised that there are people who do struggle with that game. I have to understand, like, they're probably new. Uh, well, so there is some see, skill involved. Well, yeah, okay, but here's the thing. Like, I don't believe that by making the game easier, you're making it more appealing to new players. Like, at no. least not all new players. Like, uh, I know for a fact that if I had played Rise as my first Monster Hunter game, and I didn't have access to the demo Magnamalo to mess me up, if I was just playing Rise, and someone is like, paid for Rise for me, put it on my Switch, here. And then I'm going through the low rank, and I'm just steamrolling these monsters. I would have put it down, and I would never have gotten into the series. 100%. Right. I can say that definitively. There isn't anything... I knew that, that it was going to get harder in the high rank. I knew that G rank was coming eventually. And that's why uh, I kept playing. Through the, through the like insultingly easy village quests. <laughs> but nobody... People that are coming in from the... Here's, here's the tragedy. I know, because I'm one of those people, there are probably people out there that are new to the series that picked up Rise because it looked like their kind of thing, and it probably is their kind of thing, but they didn't have a chance to really experience the good parts of Rise because the village quests were so easy. Um, th that's, that's my complaint. I, I just think it's a tragedy. It is, uh, and uh, I think that... Capcom, I it it would be it would be funny if uh, they would never do this. But it'd be funny if Capcom released re-released Monster Hunter Four on the Switch, for let's say, mm -hmm. or or pff, heaven forbid, mobile, mobile. <laughs> That'd be funny. awful. But they did that with Freedom Unite, uh, and I mean, anyone who goes back to even play Freedom Unite, they say, "Wow, this game is extremely difficult." Mm -hmm. uh, part part of it's due to the clunky controls, uh, but there's a really rewarding factor to that. And it's an element. I wouldn't say it's any. I, I don't think it's part of the mint at all. I would not call the re, the the reward of a difficult fight part of the mint. No, I consider that more of like the chocolate. But um, well, even the chocolate's is... gone. Then well, even the chocolate's leaving. <laughs> even the chocolate's <laughs> leaving. It's it's not even. Oh, we have it's is vanilla. Not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not good anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it is it's tragic as um I. I I, and another point I made is in World, uh, Monster Hunter World, Base World, currently, if you boot up the game as a new player, they give you equipment that oh, makes yeah. the game a walk in the park. Yeah. And when I got the game on PC, I was, I actually, because I, you know, I'm not a, I did not follow World, like, whatever the meta was. I saw this, and I'm like, why are they giving us this equipment? And then I just used it through, like, uh, Base World when I was replaying it. And I'm like, this is a walk in the park. Like, I don't even have to think. Every every mission is, you know, no problem. Uh, and I'm like, I hope they never do this again. Of course, Rise, they literally do it again. Um, <laughs> that being said, I actually felt that uh, Portable 3rd uh, also was very easy in the low rank uh, back in the day. And I still think that it's really easy in the low rank Uh Kind of like Rise, and Rise is meant to be sort of like another portable third. Um, obviously, Rise is still easier, but... And I'm sure if we check, like, health pools... It really, it comes down to how much you're able to tank the monster. If if the monsters hit harder, and they were more aggressive, and... Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's lots of elements. Like, yes, I, yeah. that's, that's the thing I've been on. I've been on the monster should hit harder bandwagon for day one i am the bandwagon I, i'm driving the truck i'm i'm the one that's been on that but it's also like everything and the other stuff isn't necessarily bad like the range of actions that the monster the hunter can do and and the the 
options he has to get out of situations and do damage and go through long distances it's so high that uh there's just what he has so many more options now than he did in in older entries in monster hunter 4 ultimate you just did not have this many choices uh for avoiding yeah. damage or mitigating damage or countering every weapon has a counter everything is a uh, it's just easier it's easier for every weapon we need to be more critical uh I mean, like, frankly, we, we, we should be quite critical. Uh, it's unfortunate that game uh, journalism and uh, game reviews will be quite generous to Monster Hunter and will say that uh, it's, it's very, very fun. It's like, yeah, it's fun. Um, it's clear that we're losing parts of what made it unique uh, in favor of making it marketable, uh, which is just unfortunate and i think that if we're more critical towards capcom especially since uh I, I mentioned in the video that like the western audience uh doesn't have as much influence which people have said to me that's not true monster world was marketed towards western audience but that's fine um but if that's true if we do have say in what capcom does we should tell them that we don't want this anymore i know this happened with resident evil where uh, they were really changing the series from being survival horror into being uh, like an action game. And uh, then Resident Evil 7 came out. People really enjoyed that game. I'm not a Resident Evil fan. I just This is just an example. Um, people really enjoyed that game, and that return to the survival horror. It'd be nice to see Monster 6 return to the survival simulation, hunter simulation, uh, high difficulty, high reward gameplay um i mean that, that really it, sounds that sounds wonderful like at this point at this point uh like I, and i say at this point like i'm like i've been on this journey but no i my journey <laughs> starts at the world but uh i am concerned and maybe it would be good to get some mint like okay this is an extremely profitable thing right now for monster hunter they're not going to stop um they're not because it's, no. it's super profitable. They, they have no incentive to change trajectory. They, they're making bank. They made bank on world. They're making bank on rise. Uh, yep. They're going to continue to make bank on rise uh, <laughs> until more people complain or more people start noticing that maybe maybe they are going down a um, suboptimal trajectory. Uh, but Monster Hunter Stories gives me hope because that's a spinoff. And it's a spinoff that's fairly popular. And it's a spinoff that... Um, is not like Monster Hunter at all. Like it, yeah. it, it has nothing. It has no anything uh, to do with Monster Hunter. But maybe they can just have the numbers. They can just have everything. Like take everything, but make a spin-off that's kind of like what you're describing. That's kind of like how older games are, and give that to to us. Like like you can't tell me that a spin-off like that would not be immediately profitable. Like right. it would it would make it would be profitable. And you can still keep making your your big Monster Hunter games. Uh, just make a spinoff. Like I, I feel like you could. Like and it would be, it would be bullshit because, you know, the the main Monster Hunter uh, thing would now be a spinoff. But I don't care. Like if that's what it takes, <laughs> then that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Uh, and I mean that's what happened with Resident Evil. I they uh, the newer games are a completely different. They're basically a different genre. Like it's it's all first person. 
Um, but but they returned to it. They did. And maybe that's what Monster Hunter needs. Maybe Capcom needs to repeat what they did with Resident Evil. And Are you re- are uh, you referring to like the Resident Evil 2 remake that they that they did? Um really I'm I'm more or less referring to uh how uh 5 and 6 were like really action oriented oh, and then oh, 7 7 returned to how it was. But yeah, 2 yeah. Uh, the the 2 and 3 remakes could also be put in there. I mean, it would be nice to see Capcom just do a full remake of Monster 3 and 4. That's what I I love that. Like an actual um, remake the way Resident Evil 2 remake? Was? Yeah. I, I, that would like, be interesting. That would be amazing. That like would be this, amazing. The scale of Monster World uh and all of the the new quality of life changes, the legitimate quality of the life changes. The actual quality of life changes. Yeah. Uh but they keep the gameplay the same uh and they 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 you know what i really really like about monster Hunter 3 is how you are required to go not even hunting on a quest you're required to go out and hunt for the village on your own time you have to go out there and simulate just killing animals in order to bring it back for food literally to bring the animal back for food you get rewarded for every animal that you uh slay because that feeds the village. Um, and we don't have that. Uh, and I think that a spin-off that focused on that that codependency, that survival simulation, even if you know, I had this crazy thing at the end of my video where I'm like, it would be great if the next Monster game was all about just camping in the woods. Um, you're, you're out there the entire time. Mm. You, you basically you manage all of your equipment in your tent uh, and... It's ultra focused on being one with nature, um, not this village quest, village quest, boss fight, boss fight, boss fight over and over again. But more, uh, I, I wouldn't call it an immersive experience, but a um, a different experience where uh, you're connected with the environment. You know that would be uh, interesting, and maybe maybe you know what would be interesting. Um, now, now that you're speculating on that, um, maybe not just camp out permanently, but like have to do several things before you can get back to a village like yeah like make like a like you are hunting and you are trying to get back to the village and you do need to get back to and it would make a really interesting inventory management thing uh so it'd be hard to be out there you know you uh traversal would be would be interesting and then uh several you have to be out there for a while before you can get back to the village that would be an investment just to get uh to the village and the further out you go you know you, the, the better the rewards but also more dangerous that, that'd be really interesting it would. It really, really would. Mm. I think that it would really fit what like classic Monster Hunter was. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I. Uh, I. Wa- yeah. Sorry. Uh, no. You continue. You continue. Well, I was just. I was going to wrap up this section out by by letting people know. Like, look. I complain because I like Monster Hunter. <laughs> I complain yeah. because. I like Monster Hunter how I have experienced it so far. Uh, I like 4, I like World, and I like Rise. I liked all of them. Um, but there are things that could be done to make me like them more, and I am worried, and I think we should all be worried, that if things continue down the route they seem to be, maybe a good portion of us, like me, uh, may not like it as much anymore. That is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think that we just need to be more critical um and analyze uh the content and i mean my video sort of stood as that it was i called it it's mostly critical analysis at the end i do some imaginative analysis of uh 
like it as art and like what does it all mean what was the authorial intent um, okay maybe we should get into that um what do you mean critical analysis and imaginative ima analysis can you define okay those? so yeah i mean like here's the thing i never went to school for art criticism <laughs> i'm not an art critic and uh, i would never call myself that technically i would consider myself an artist i don't know if i'm a good one um, but I am actually not an expert on critical analysis or imaginative versus imaginative analysis. Um, basically, a critical analysis is uh, analyzing it. I mean, a good example is that let's say you're analyzing a story, uh, the consistency of the story. If there's a plot hole, then you can critically say, oh, well, the story is inconsistent because the, this doesn't match up with this. Uh, so, And because it's inconsistent, uh, it sort of falls apart, which is what a plot hole is. Um, and in terms of video games, it, let's say the game bugs out on you. That's a, that's, that's, that's a critical flaw. If the game uh, malfunctions, that's a critical flaw. If the game is working against you, uh, that may be a critical flaw, or it might be part of the game. Um, I don't know, a game like Metal Gear Solid 2 comes to mind, like something that like is actively like working against you. Um, Imaginative analysis is uh, essentially that's like I guess more art criticism, uh, academic art criticism, where it's um, I I define it as basically uh, scholarly art criticism is uh, basically when you use death of the author as a crux to to tell any story that you want, not really tell your own story, but basically to pull your own meaning from piece of art using the evidence that's within the piece of art. Video games are weird because uh, with video games, the player becomes the artist. Uh, they have to, like, unlike a movie or uh, stand, like traditional art uh, where you just look at it and you experience it by looking at it, in video games you are part of the uh, experience. You are part of the story and your choices and your actions manipulate the art. And you can greatly change your own experience and the game itself just through playing it. So video games are weird for uh, art criticism because we are also the artist when we play it, <laughs> um, to a degree. Uh, obviously, the, the, the author still put things in that you're intended to uh, think about, but uh, classical, not classical, but like art criticism usually says death of the author is you know is top you you have to just ignore what authorial intent is you have to completely disregard it um so in my video i near the end i uh, i start analyzing monster world and monster 2's story by basically pulling out uh what i think it all means despite the fact that i've you know the the, the creators of the game have never said any of this they've never said like oh monster world is about colonialism uh, they never they never said that. That's 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 a, that's in my own analysis, uh, and that was me being critical of the narrative within the story. Yeah, I I, I saw that. Um, so maybe maybe <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. That was actually a hilarious part when you had the question marks <laughs> flying through the screen. Like I legitimately <laughs> laughed. I busted out laughing. Uh, and it, because the first popular video that I ever made for Monster was a video where I talked about all my problems with World. Um, and I pulled up that same scene where he's staring at this crystal, like mysteriously, like, and, and my criticism was, was like, I get too many people that are like, I don't like, like, 
I don't care about the story in Monster Hunter. Fine. Okay, you don't care about the story in Monster Hunter. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Whatever. But, like, in World it was different. It wasn't even just a bad story. It had this air of superiority all the time. Yeah. Like, it had this... It had this um, because I really like stories. Like, I analyze stories. That's something I do in my channel. I, yeah. I care about uh, themes, all right? And Monster Hunter World was all over the place. And yeah, it wasn't just all over the place. It was acting like it was saying something important. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. I'm just sitting here just like, you forced me to watch these cutscenes. You've, you've like glued my, my eyes to the screen. You wouldn't let me skip them. So you clearly want me to see it. Um, but like, I, I can't, I can't derive anything out of this other than like, ah, yes, the world is mysterious, uh, kind of, kind of thing. And I'm just like, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And you're acting like you're smart. And that's what annoyed me. It, it's it's honestly it is stupid. I I what I really loved about some of the older games. I mentioned this about Monster Two is that there is a there actually is like a mythology to it. Uh, there actually is discussion of a fallen uh, kingdom, like a greater society that fell, and we uh, the the hunters are sort of they they realize their mistakes and they're like that's what we used to do. Let's not do that again. Let's live. Let's be one with nature. The problem is world is completely against that. Fundamentally, right. it's against that. Um, uh, I had a I had a bunch of things I, I wrote up here, like uh, for example, like the, just from my own experience. So, like I've worked, uh, I I'm uh, an environmental. Uh, I make I make documentaries. I've worked with uh, NGOs, uh, like not not for profits, non governmental organizations. I've uh, worked with scientists, with experts. I've worked with uh, indigenous people of North America. Um, I've worked with a lot of tree huggers, uh, and I, I wouldn't, I would not call myself a tree hugger myself, but bottom line, I've learned that truthfully, the most invasive creature on this planet is humans. And, uh, to make a game about invading, which is what it is, they're invading, even though they have no good reason to be invading. They say, we want to solve the mystery of the Elder Crossing. Why? Who cares? Why do you send an army to solve that? Just watch them. Like with binoculars, <laughs> they have they have airships. They have airships. Why don't they just watch them with? Binoc- How do they not know where the elders' recess is? It's open to the sky. Like it's not underground. Why couldn't they fly well, over? They it? didn't. They didn't have airships throughout the whole thing, though. Like I think well, they, they started with airships and they got they got grounded. Just to be fair, like I, I'm I'm not I'm like it's a fair point, but uh, just to be fair, they didn't have airships all the whole time. The forty years they were there. Because, like, in uh, in Monster Generations Ultimate, they, they introduced the concept of the airship, and oh. they kind of just, like, they, they're, like, casually using them, and, like, it's no big deal, and they're getting around anywhere with them, so that's why I'm like, huh? But in Monster 2, they had hot, hot air balloons. So they've yeah. always had air travel. They, they've always had air travel. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why <laughs> they, uh, they're suddenly struggling to get around in the, to in get the new around. world. Uh, it, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. Um, so, you know, there are things I, I think about cause, uh, y- you know, well, uh, I live, but, but, yeah. Well, okay, no, actually go ahead. Just go ahead. I was going to say just cause like, just in the topic of colonization, like, uh, both the, both of us, we live in North America. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, we live in a territory that, uh, uh, 
technically wasn't initially home to humans, but uh, the humans that did come to live here, uh, they they lived with nature. They truly understood it. The they're the indigenous peoples of North America and Central and South America. Uh, when we came along, we just we didn't we didn't have any like the I I should say when I say we I mean me, uh, because of my uh, Caucasian. Uh, uh, descendants. They came along, and they basically came in here, they killed all the buffalo, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they just tore up the place, and even to this day, we still have issues with environmental management. So when I see a video game about that, even though the video game used to be about living with nature, it's just like, I think Capcom's not trying anymore. They, 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 they've given up, and they just, they just know that, oh, well, you gotta hunt the monster, and it's like, ah, there's more to it than that. <laughs> okay, so, I do, I do actually have some stuff to say about that. I'm not, I don't agree with you on some things, but uh, I, 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 I do agree that the spirit that you're talking about, that the games uh, are supposed to be trying to, to, like they seem to be trying to do that sometimes. Like there's little random snippets of dialogue conversation, even in world, like non-voiced dialogue where they talk about stuff like that, uh, that they're supposed to be trying to be one with nature. They're the guild. You know, they, they went through some kind of, event and there was a uh, large civilization and they're like you know what we should we should we we need to live in harmony with nature to survive yeah kind of kind of thing um that's that's great i agree that they didn't do that in world uh the problem is that so you refer to them as colonizers when they came to the new world and they are colonizing but in this sense it's not a negative thing in that there's nobody there. Like, there's no yeah. native peoples. Uh, they're not conquering anybody. Uh, and it's not great for the environment because they're slaughtering everything. Well, well that's the thing, because I, I, do, I do believe that uh, they are technically conquering. There are indigenous peoples. They are the little uh, goblin guys. Uh, they the do what? live there. Um, and they technically are impeding on their territory. Um, what, what goblin guys? What do you the 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 gajalakas the the little... oh yeah um, and there are disagreements there. There's also the 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 native felines. For the most part, they come to civil agreements, so it's right. not like we're going like full like oh yeah. Well, we're not genociding the, the the yeah. We're not we're not really we're not genociding, <laughs> which is good. The thing is, is that we're still genociding the environment. So to me, it's like an equivalent. Uh, it's like you're still. Dis yes. you're still destroying things okay um, so so yeah. I, I do kind of take issue with this kind of because you, you said in the video and i don't think that you meant specifically that because you did just say something different just now you said that humans are the only invasive species and that's like a, a statement you said in the video yeah. and I, I i took issue that's not true uh but i think you meant that humans are the most invasive species uh it's probably what you meant if i'm not mistaken yeah because uh, frankly if if an animal naturally invades not through any means of human involvement the environment will figure itself out well the yeah but sometimes it figures itself out by the invasive species wiping like for example um invasive okay so invasive species when some, sometimes birds will manage to get across uh large bodies of water and find uh, another bird that managed to do the same it's it's rare but it happens yeah. and then they'll mate and they'll have no natural competition and they'll like wipe out so much and like it, even humans can't stop them like once once uh, once uh, a lot of this these processes start going underway 
Sometimes it's with mice. Sometimes it's like tumbleweed. Tumbleweed isn't na- native to America. Uh, right. There was no tumbleweed before. Um, it comes from Russia, I think. And so in America's like plain, like we can't get rid of it. We tried. Like we, America declared war on tumbleweed for the last like what a hundred years. They can't get rid of it. They're still trying. Um, so yeah, the tumbleweeds are our own fault, definitely. A lot, of, a lot of this other stuff is our fault. And I, I definitely understand the whole thing. But there are, there is such a thing as invasive species that that naturally get on there, and then they are bad for the environment, uh, other than humans. That's just, that's just what I'm saying. The, I, I, where I, and I, th- I do believe that, and I, I, yeah, like it is true. It does happen. Uh, it's just bottom line. Uh, having humans try and fix it will most likely just make it worse like there's no guarantee that that's going to fix everything um the the environment will naturally figure itself out because that's how it's always done i mean other otherwise if 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 this has been happening for you know millions of years then um if if everything was just being wiped out by invasive creatures then we we wouldn't be living you know like it it always figures yes but what what you mean by it'll figure itself out is like the world won't end and yeah, yeah, the world won't end, but like a lot might, and uh, certain things might become uninhabitable for a lot of the creatures that live there, and they'll have to move, and then they'll become invasive species elsewhere. Like a lot of a lot of negative things can happen when animals. Uh, uh, this is why we we shouldn't bring animals to other places where yes. they have no natural competition. Uh, like if you don't believe in invasive species, like it, it, you know, you can you can take something and put it elsewhere and see what happens. <laughs> yes, you'll see <laughs> uh, it. You'll see it. Yeah. Uh, but w- just one more thing. It's like, um, I agree with what you're saying with the, the buffalo, like yeah. the buffalo represent a failure uh, of mankind. Like we fucked up with the buffalo. We, uh, wiped them out. We hunted them to extinction pretty much. Uh, and that's not good. We, we should learn to live with nature, but I am also a human supremacist, like, <laughs> I'm all pro, I'm pro human man. Me too. Like, me not, too. I am. Like a, like I'm pro human uh, and it would be great if we can learn to get along with with if if we could learn to stop living outside what could be sustainable. But like if if it came down to it, if it's me or the buffalo, it's going <laughs> to be the buffalo. If it's humanity or the buffalo. And if what it takes for humans to survive on this planet is to like Every other species has to die, and we move on to another planet, like like a true virus, like a true invasive species. Go now, that's fine with me. Like that's that's okay. I don't think that's necessary. I think we can learn to live, uh, yeah, in such a way that that's profitable for us and uh, sustainable in nature. But uh, but if it if it came to that, like the, I, the only reason I'm saying that is that there's a lot of people I feel that are very anti human when they say stuff that's similar to that like they've got yeah they've got some they've got some like real human hate uh when when, it, when they say things that are similar to that not i'm not saying that you are but, I, uh, I i i've i have worked with people like that in my work just environmental hmm. uh filmmaking like there are people like i, I once had the, i was once interviewing this person and they they just said like they just they're just unhappy with humans and they, they, it was really depressing like they just uh was very just upset with themselves most of the people i work with uh, obviously are like we we need to put ourselves first um and i think in monster hunter uh the older games 
yes, absolutely, humans should come first, and if you need to protect your home, that's fine. I, I, uh, I have a right. comparison where it's like, you know, uh, where I live, uh, my province in Canada, where it's prone to forest fires. So do we stop the forest fire, or do we let it destroy our home? This applies to Monster Hunter Elder Dragons. Do we stop mm. the Teostra, or do we let the Teostra burn down our home? Uh, obviously, you want to stop it, because you want to allow yourself to live. The issue with Monster Hunter World is they didn't live there to begin with. Um, right. The I mean, only person... That's not even the only issue. There's also the issue of like the quests that they're handing out. Like you, you made a reference to ones like, "Oh, look at this gem. It's terrible. Go get me another one from killing a yeah. or something like yeah. that. It's like this very dismissive, very off, off, offhand. Uh, and they're all like that. Like there's huge tons of those quests are like, "Go investigate quote unquote this monster. Yeah, it's just a hunting and it's... quest. It's just a hunting quest for the monster. And, and even if like, you go non-lethal. It yeah. still canonically ends up in the arena where you're supposed to kill yeah, it. You just stick it in the arena and then you kill it later. So I, what I, <laughs> there's a character in the game. He's the field team leader, and he was a character that was born and raised in the New World. So to me, he's the only one I understand that he wants to stay because that is his home. He was born there. He's lived there his whole life. No other place is his home. That's his home. And so I think that there could be a powerful story about how he wants to coexist with nature. He doesn't want to follow in his family's legacy. But of, of course, it's Monster Hunter World, and he follows in his family's legacy, and he's bloodthirsty like all the others. And it's like... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's the problem is, if it was telling me a bloodthirsty story about a bloodthirsty group of people, that that that's what's happening, but it's not telling it like that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. So it's trying to tell it like they, these are people that are respectful for nature, and it, it's got this cognitive dissonance where, where <laughs> it I'm seeing what I'm seeing is not reflected in what uh, what is being said, and I'm like it, it confuses my brain, and that's one of the things that I, I didn't like about the story. Lots of things, but th that one was one of them. The the the, the reason for that is because Capcom realizes that the community mindset, and you'll see this a lot. The community mindset is unga boonga hit animal. <laughs> and it's so annoying because, like, it's like, come on, guys. Like, in real life, do you actually... I want to ask you, uh, have you ever gone hunting before? Like, legitimate hunting? Or even fishing? Yeah, I've gone fishing. I haven't gone hunting. Uh, I, I have also not gone hunting. I have gone fishing. I've even gone trophy fishing before. Uh, there's, uh, there's a river near where I live uh, where they have uh, sturgeon. Very, very large fish. I don't know if you know what a sturgeon is. Um... They're bottom feeders, but they're massive. They and they can live up to 150 years, so they're like true monsters, right? Uh, they they're very difficult to fish out. It's like the fishing mini game where you have to keep bashing the button in Monster Hunter. It's like that, but in in real <laughs> life. And I've done right. that. When you pull them out of the water, you measure them. They survive. You know, it, it's it's a little bit of pain for them, but they survive. They're okay. You put them back into the water. It is trophy fishing. There is a there is an enjoyment there. Uh, and I think that it's not necessarily evil. I'm, I'm enjoying the animal. It's giving me, uh, fun. It shows my superiority as human. But I'm not destroying the environment. Uh, and I think that if more people went out, <laughs> actually tried fishing, actually tried hunting, uh, like I actually do would like to at some point legitimately try to hunt, uh, and kill and eat something because... Uh, when I have done fished for my own uh, fish and then ate it, there's like a real connection there because uh, I went out of my way to be one with nature. 
I went out of my way to basically ask nature for sustenance, take it from it, um, ge- like genuinely, not through a supermarket, you know. Um, and I think people are just so used to that that they uh, the community mindset is like, oh, well, this is just a game where you can kind of just do this for fun. But I think that Capcom needs to realize that there there's value in like actually at like there's like a theme there you know there's there's art there's an art a quality there that is gone um yeah i mean rise is the same way i think that rise is all right uh i want to see what they do with their expansion but for the most part it's like i don't understand the the rampage i don't understand um ibushi and narwa's relationship like obviously they they want to mate but it's like what why was ibushi attacking kimura village why does it happen every 50 years like i uh so <laughs> here's the thing i i like dark souls all right so dark souls is one of my favorite games and one yeah. of the th- things that people that like dark souls like to do is we like to lore theorize and yes yes which and, is and imaginative I, analysis and what what um is good like speculate on the themes and like and is is my my main thing like people right. are, are I, I there's a there's a theme there's a there's a writer's original intent he's being obscure about it but you know i i you know you guess at it and and that's cool but in dark souls and in stuff like near i suppose yeah. th- those two games are, are a game that lends themselves to that a lot mm-hmm. and there is an author's original intent maybe i'm wrong about what it is but it does exist it is in his head uh he is he is using metaphors to mean something uh but in Monster Hunter, if it is there, whoever's writing it is so obscure he doesn't actually care if you know about it. Like he doesn't want you yeah, to know about it. He doesn't. So want like that. So there's stuff like in World where it makes me think that maybe there's something there. Like Shara Shvalda, why does he have so much Buddhist um, and Hindu god uh, imagery? Like, right. Why, why 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 does he stare at the camera? Uh, why does Xenojiva look like an alien and he's called Xenojiva? Like yeah. Like, uh, uh, for like what? What is that? Something like foreign lord or something like that is, is what it means. <laughs> and and why does he, where he is? Why does the everstream look like a comet landed there? And the crystals are 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 uh, like a comet that just smashed in where where he's in the center. At. So is he an alien? And is the reason that he looks like a dragon when he grows up is because he's been eating elder dragon energy? And he you know he you are what he eats. So there's all this kind of stuff. And in in. But I do, I. I could just be spinning my circles. Like I, I could right. just be running around in circles and none of this could mean anything. Uh, and it really could just be a game about bonking monsters and nobody cares and that nobody in Capcom is thinking too deeply about it. They just wanted to use Indian imagery. They just wanted to use <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, different stuff and they, and they don't care. Uh, where in Dark Souls, I could be more or less sure I'm on the right track. On here, I, I, I feel completely lost and yeah. crazy even trying to speculate on it because nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nope. With even within the own game, it no one cares. Yeah. Uh, within the own, its own narrative, uh, I, 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 uh, for the record, I, I have passively enjoyed Dark Souls, uh, and I did, I did enjoy your last video on Dark Souls. I watched it. I watched it. Um, oh, nice. It, it's in, <laughs> technically your your video was imaginative analysis. You do it at one point. You're basically your you you um. You do use uh, it's Miyazaki, right? That's his name. Yes. Um, you use his own words in order to try and figure out authorial intent. So this is this is goes back to like death of the author. Like, should we 
forget what the authorial intent is and just come up with our own thing? Because technically, you did do that. Because bottom line, you don't know what his thoughts are. To me, when I look at Dark Souls, I'm like, oh yeah, Miyazaki probably just read Berserk and just wanted to make like a fun dragon game. Probably played Monster Hunter and was like, oh, I want to do something like this. Or, you know, he has previous works in, uh, I forget what it's called, but they uh, there was this other game that they made. So it's like, it's clear you can see what the influences is. And most artists will usually just say, I did it because it's cool. But yeah, deep down, there is a reason for why they implement uh, these different concepts. Uh, and it's in- and when you try to ask them, it you won't get a straight answer because it's... They won't tell you. It's all in... The, it's it's not that they that they won't necessarily tell you. Some of them, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's an intent there for it to be mysterious, but most of the time, it's... It's such a, like, every, like, when you're an artist, your headspace, there's a lot going on. Every human, there's a lot inside your head. When you create art, you're putting all that's inside your head into one little piece, and especially something as big as a game. Uh, there's a lot that you can pack in, uh, and it represents a lot of who you are. Uh, this is probably why art critics don't like to look at authorial intent, because it's complex. Uh stories uh, are a means to also tell history. And so you can see Miyazaki's uh, personal history with his influences and what he likes uh, yes, all, thrown, is, yeah. all thrown into Dark Souls. Um, so that plays a huge part of the intent. There's probably a good chance that a lot of the things that are in there are just because he likes them. Um, what it all means, if it really is like a story about, uh, like, I, what did I, I had like a note because I watched it and I, I made a note on it. I'm like, uh, well, my claim was that it was that the fire is metaphorical for civilization. Yes, uh, which uh, is very interesting uh, uh, and uh, extremely valid. I um I I interpreted Dark Souls, especially uh, your your take on it and how um what did I write here? I wrote. Uh, all fiction is built on previous myth. When narrative fiction becomes a representation of life at the time of the fiction's creation, it becomes mythical. So I'm saying, like, as I was wondering, is, is that what Dark Souls is commenting on? How uh, uh, narrative fiction becomes a representation of life at the time of the fiction's creation, and then it becomes mythical? Which is complex. <laughs> I don't think that even made any sense. Uh, but basically I wrote, like, hey, we live in an age where uh, the rise of the internet makes it extremely easy for someone to write their own stories. And we don't know if those stories will become mythic uh, in time or not. So I'm like, is the individual becoming a modern god through the internet? Is that what Dark Souls is about? Well, <laughs> Which is of. really I, I, broad. I, did, well, I, I don't know if that was... So the thing is... Um... Mm. <laughs> okay. So now we're getting into a really complicated space. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me put it this way. Uh, in the early part of the video, I talk about comparative mythology. And yes. uh, that's the study of different myths between different cultures uh, to find what's called a cultural. And then I, I gave a possible explanation, uh, which which is a, one of the reasons people think that uh, this happens, in that um, human beings are similar. We're, we're the same kind of bipedal ape. And the yeah. process by which a story becomes... Uh, the process by which a story becomes a myth, a, a, a founding myth even, for, for different civilizations... Is similar. It goes through a similar selection process. Yeah. And so, because there's a there's a limited kind of things that will resonate with a human being, that'll be useful for a human being uh, to believe. Um, the sim- same kind of things keep popping up uh, across cultures uh, that that wouldn't have had an opportunity to interact before 
they made those myths. Uh, so that's one possible thing. Um, and in today's society, we don't have, we, 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 there, there's a great, most people, well, we don't have that same relationship with those myths. However, no. we do have a similar relationship to kind of like Dark Souls, for example. So what, what used to happen, we had people like St. Augustine who would read the Bible and try to understand uh, Jesus, try to understand God, and they write a whole bunch of stuff and, and, and be like, uh, look, I'm using logic and I'm using all this kind of stuff to try and extrapolate meaning. And we're still doing that. Uh, in a way, the gods are still with us. And I, yeah. I just don't, I don't imagine that video game, like we're, we've been telling the same stories over and over forever in different packages and different forms. Um, and it's because even though culture has evolved, uh, the human body hasn't evolved. And the kinds of things that, that we're dealing with as individuals are similar to the kinds of things that individuals dealt with in the past, as in uh, stress the things yeah. that stresses us, lowly status, the, the yeah. crave to, to be in a higher status, uh, the same kinds of emotional and relationship and, and stuff. Uh, and so that's, that's why I think that this keeps happening. Um, and so when an artist uses gods to depict what he's trying to say, I don't think it's necessarily important that the artist knows what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> uh so I agree with you, like the authorial intent is not that important because sometimes whether or not that's what you intended, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the only time that, and I think that there is still importance to authorial intent and that's when no, you try, it's when you try to look into like influence and you try to look into the the personal life of that person, their history, what they lived through, because that will influence their art. Well, and then I also don't necessarily agree, bottom line, that authorial intent isn't important. Sometimes they don't know, but sometimes they yeah. do know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mizaki, uh, per, I, there was another interview that I didn't mention in the video where he's like, uh, yes, there is an actual story that, you know, I, I have in my head. Yeah, not he, fully is, told. he said that, yeah. Uh, the, you know, and, and, but I want players to make their own story. Like, that's, 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 what I, that's part of the appeal. That's what I want. So while, yes, there is like an actual story somewhere in my brain rattling around, um, <laughs> maybe that doesn't matter, and maybe you guys should just make your own story. And I'm like, personally, I want to know what's rattling around in your fucking brain. Right, right. <laughs> I just want you to tell me if, if I'm on the right track. Like, did did you mean what I thought you mean? Just tell me. <laughs> like, 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 screw the value of Dark Souls for a moment. Like, like. Just tell me if I'm right, damn it. He'll never, he'll never tell <laughs> no, you. He and no, he'll, he won't. No, he won't. He'll, he'll die with no one ever knowing, but his, his art will live on. And yes, I know. Him. Yeah. So. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we, right. we went off and started talking about Dark Souls. <laughs> yes, we went on quite a tangent. Okay, let me see. Did you have anything that you wanted to cover on any of the topics that we've talked about before I, I move on? Uh, have we, uh, uh, I, I wanted to talk about, like, criticisms against my video, if, or, like, in the reaction to it. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, I, I should have asked that earlier. What, this was a big video, you know, how long yeah. did that take? How long did it take to write that? Okay, uh, so, I'll just, because I have notes on, like, my history with it, uh, why I made the video. So, basically, uh, so first I felt weird when I tried to play World. 
I tried to figure out what it was. I started writing things. This was back in 2018, all right? Yeah. My earliest videos on my YouTube channel, on that channel, try to play around with it, but my arguments were weak. They were... I don't want to put blame on him, but they were super rad bad. Uh, they, <laughs> nothing against the guy, just his uh, his arguments on how older Monster games just they aren't as strong. And I think that like I was like I need to figure out what's what's strong. So then I played Monster Two uh, Dos uh, Dos. Super whatever. rad bad. That's a, that's so funny. For the first, rhymes. for the first time, because uh, I I had known about Monster Two and I played bits and pe- like I'd like boot up the game on my emulator right and I'd be like, oh this is cool, and then I just wouldn't play it because I'd be like playing whatever the new game was. But this was, uh, I was dissatisfied with World and Iceborne, so I was like, okay, I want to play Monster Two, and it, I reevaluated everything I knew about Monster Hunter. So this started last year in, in the summer. This one I like. I was like, I need to. I need to write this, and that's because I watched a video, and it was a video that was discussing the validity of criticisms against. Uh, it was actually the Star Wars prequels, anyway. But at the end of the video, they said, "Look, if you're passionate about something, tell the world. Like, if you need to say something, if you need to criticize art or critique art or critique what people are saying about art, do it. Because if you don't, no one will." And then I watched Super Rad's video on Monster Hunter World, and I was just like, look, your mind is in the right place, but your evidence was ultimately insufficient. So I'm like, I need to write something better. Uh, so I what did. What did you find insufficient about it? Okay, uh, I actually, I wrote notes on that. <laughs> uh, so basically, his uh, thesis is basically that Monster Hunter 3, uh, everything before Monster Hunter World is a different, which I, I believe it's more like everything after Portable 2nd is uh, different from everything before Portable Second. But anyway, he basically says uh, Old School Monster Hunter, uh, like everything that he describes Old School Monster Hunter actually technically still applies to World and Rise, and that's because when he describes Old School Monster Hunter, he describes like Monster 3 and 4, which isn't true Old School Monster Hunter. He says like, oh, you can't telegraph enemy attacks, or you can't like, uh, no, what am I saying? Uh, you don't have to telegraph en- enemy attacks, uh, and that's because the tip bo- the hitboxes are ha- are tighter and you can tank more. But uh, honestly, to me, hitboxes are irrelevant. If you need to dodge, then just dodge. Uh, the monsters. Wait, attack wait, wait, more- hang on. I don't think I understand what he's saying. But what was he saying? Okay, so uh, he says that in Monster Hunter World, you don't have to telegraph enemy attacks. In which, world. Yeah, which I disagree with because Ooh, he doesn't have to telegraph them. Hmm? The monster? The monster doesn't have to telegraph its own attacks? Uh, no. The player doesn't have to telegraph the monster attacks. What do you mean, telegraph? Like, you... When when you, uh, see an attack coming, you, uh... Avoid make it? the most of it. <laughs> okay. You, uh, and this is something like, uh... I mean, a Latreon's a good fight, uh, a good example of this, where, uh, you have to have full understanding of how the attacks work, where you're safe, where you aren't safe, how to counter it. That's Are you sure t- telegraph is the right word? Like, maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, telegraph is just, like, announce. Why would the hunter announce the monster's attacks? Okay, well then, <laughs> may- <laughs> may- maybe I'm using the wrong word there, but... Uh, exploit, let's say. Yeah, exploit. That's that's probably a better word. Uh, so, he basically says that uh, you don't have to exploit the monster attacks as much as the older games, so you're not required to, but I, I disagree with that. Uh, it's mostly just that the hitboxes are tighter, and you can tank more, and the same with the monster. Um, okay, so he's saying that, and wh- how does that relate to what you're saying? Uh, basically that that still applies to 
like the, yeah. it, it just applies to all of Monster Hunter. It's not really a okay. a solid point. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, if that's his point, then yeah, I agree. Like it, it, clearly, you clearly still have to keep positioning in mind in in Monster Hunter World. He uh, he also uh, says that uh, the game is meant to be uh, is is not meant to be picked up and played like the older games. Like there's advertises games that you, you aren't supposed to just pick up and play. But I think that that's just bad marketing, and I don't think that's the intent at all. I think it's meant to have a high difficulty curve, but I don't think it's not meant to be picked up and played. Uh, he the old also, ones or the new yeah, ones? Yeah, the, uh, the old ones. Okay. He also, but they were on portable. A lot of them were on portable. The, the ones he's referring to on the old ones, a lot of them were in, in portable systems. Like The pick up and play is like the catchphrase for those. Yeah, and he, uh, he basically says, well, you're, you aren't supposed to. Uh, you're, supposed to you're supposed to fail at the game. You're not supposed to like it. And I, I, that's not true. I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. He also says that like quality of life uh def- is defined i uses the term quality of life to define if a game is clunky or not just not true <laughs> um uh he also just puts words in viewers mouths like he says that everyone buys monster hunter for the boss fight grind but that's imp- imperatively not true because i am not that i do not buy monster hunter for the boss fight grind <laughs> um and then yeah he just complains about like iceborne's ending uh, it's just the end game. <laughs> okay. He complains for the end game. It's it's whatever. Well, it, I did. I haven't seen his video. Uh, but but um... yeah, he has a similar video to mine, but it's only like twenty minutes. I suggest you watch it, um, because that gives you sort of okay okay an well, understanding of what where I came from. So yeah, going. basically, I uh, I watched that video and I was like, he his mind is in the right place. He's a good guy, but I think I could do a better video. So I I spent like six months writing it. Took a break. Went back to it when Rise was coming out uh, and finished it. And then I basically, like, rushed it out near the end. Like, once the script was done, I just recorded it. And then I just threw the gameplay footage on. Um, uh, so, I honestly, I feel like I rushed it. Um, I feel mm. like I could have taken um, more time with it. But uh, I the idea was, as long as I can put this out there and someone listens to it, maybe someone will make a better video than mine. Maybe someone will have someone be like, "Wow, this guy, this is Jacob, bad." <laughs> you know, I thought <laughs> Super Rad's video was bad. Someone's gonna say Jacob's video is bad, and they're gonna make something even better, which is what I hope for. I hope someone analyzes it and says, "This is on something. Here's how it could be better," and then maybe that can be shown to Capcom. Maybe Capcom will eventually see that train of thought, or maybe more people in community will give the older games a chance. Hmm. Yeah. So you wanted to move on to um, uh, the different types of critique? Yes. Uh, so the criticisms against uh, my video. So uh, as it turns out, uh, <laughs> I'm allergic to criticism. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah. you're an artist, right? So yeah. it's not that surprising. <laughs> so I, I, and I mean, like, look, when it's a job, you know, when, when it's like my job, uh, like, let's say I'm making a video for a client, uh, then yeah, it makes sense. Like I have to make a commercial for a client; they need to be happy with it. Uh, if I'm making like an, a legitimate piece of art video, like a like a short film, that's mine. It's my story, and if you don't like it, that's fine. Go watch something else. If you do like it, uh, then enjoy it. You know. Um, uh, and if someone says like, "Hey, you like ob- objectively the quality of the editing or the filming could be a little bit better," it's like, okay, I'll take that. 
I'll think about it, and I'll decide if whether or not adjusting the quality will affect the art. Um, which is fair, you know, uh, free speech is encouraged, negative comments are okay, critical comments are very helpful, they're helpful in the creative process, and also in the critical analysis of art. Uh, you know, disagreements are natural and they should be encouraged. The problem is, I don't have a thick skin. I've never have. Ah. And, <laughs> you know, I've spent 10 years, over 10 years online, uh, and I'm, uh, I mean, I, 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 I would write fan fiction. Um, and for the most part, people would enjoy it. But, uh, you know, as, as time went on, uh, I basically developed a niche where uh, the only people I interacted with were people that just loved what I was writing. Um, and so I'm not used to people saying, this is bad, I disagree. Um, and so when I got some of the initial comments that were like, just, just mean, like there are people who were just yeah. saying like, you know, he's up his yeah. own ass. And so, I was, I, I just, just, I felt I, awful. I want to yeah. I, I want to like, uh, I want to just express some admiration because, uh, you, uh, you, you spent the first half uh, of that, um, paragraph, I suppose, talking about how, you know, uh, it's good to have disagreements. It's good to have uh, criticisms, and you even you even went out of your way to like even even like, just saying this is not good is fine. It's a good thing to it's a good thing to have, uh, and then you and then you're like you know but I also don't have thick skin <laughs> like that. Yeah. And people can be assholes, and I'm like you know what that's absolute. Uh, oh, I, I love that because there's so many people who just don't think that criticism is good and i think yeah. that criticism is good most of the time most even of the time. if even if the people criticizing you aren't really able to articulate exactly what they don't like even if they say it in a mean way i think it's most of the time a good thing uh but but it's also only a good thing if you have the stomach for it and yeah. and you and you're like you know what maybe i guess i don't have the stomach for it so that's a i, I greatly admire what you just said the um i some of the criticisms i got almost immediately uh they they talked about how i should not have called it like the first two monster hunters true monster hunter which is fine it's semantic it's semantics maybe i should have used a different word i should have said original not true uh people complained about my thumbnail so tell me is my thumbnail bad because i don't know anything about thumbnails people are saying that my thumbnail is awful and i'm like okay cool <laughs> Well, it depends. You you got like what fifty to sixty thousand views on it. A thumbnail is only as good as how many views it gets you. So, uh, I'd say it did it did its job. Okay. Uh, and I also suck at thumbnails. I <laughs> hate my thumbnails. I think they're the worst. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I can't get any fucking views on my Dark Souls content. But uh, <laughs> just 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 call it a monster hunter. Be like uh, a dark monster. <laughs> Jurassic Souls. <laughs> Jurassic. <laughs> they they also complained that I mispronounced dos dos incorrectly, and I'm just like, who cares? Uh, like it's just it's just a word. I mean, like my point. It's a different still... language. You don't you don't know what it is. So, <laughs> my, my point is still getting across. You can still understand those, what I'm do saying. Do those people know Spanish? I doubt it. I I certainly <laughs> don't. Uh, um. They uh they also mentioned that technically my thesis is flawed and that's because I villainized DPS boss fights despite the fact that I actually don't and that's because when I originally wrote the essay I did I did villainize DPS boss fights <laughs> uh and I said I basically like my original thesis was that DPS boss fights were the bad guy 
It's not true. DPS boss fights have been in the game since the very, very first game. It's not true. The difference is it's a, like, the actual issue is a conglomerate of different gameplay elements that created a different gameplay experience. It's a change of genre, not a change of, you know, like, uh, yeah. I actually could tell that you were going out of your way not to pin the blame on the DPS boss fights <laughs> while I was watching the video. It's like, because yeah. you mentioned them a lot, but you mentioned them just as a statement. And I could yeah. tell, I was like, man, this guy really wants to say... <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. You never said anything specifically about the DPS boss fights being the problem. But uh, I kind of did. I passively, aggressively did. And yes. I think that's just an issue of my writing. And if I had maybe another year to revise the whole thing, despite that that was like my third revision of like the whole thing. I've, I even had a guy, I had multiple people check over it. All of them either would just say, this is too much. It was 60 pages, right? They're like, yeah. this is too much. I can't read through this. I don't want to. I can't help you. Or they said <laughs> they read through the whole thing, and they just said, I agree. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, people, and, people <laughs> are not good at that. Like, no. I, 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 you, a lot of people will often, like, I've, I've had um, people like, hey, you want me to read through something? And they're like, they're super supportive. And like, yeah, I absolutely do. I definitely do. And they're like, oh, yeah, great. It's like no, you don't care. If you really cared, you'd tell me why it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> which is do. which is what I needed. I needed someone to be super critical, and everyone I asked wasn't critical. And it was like, okay, may <laughs> I could have gone maybe to Reddit, but it's like I don't go there. Uh, right. It's like I don't want to post my essay to Reddit. It's like no, I don't want to go to randoms. I'd rather just stick with my friends. And of course, the only time that I finally get criticism is after I've spent. All the hours making it. <laughs> uh, right. When it's too late. It's too late to change it. But I think that... Um, like, another, like, criticism people had is, like, oh, you didn't mention the change damage modifiers in 5th gen. Like, the motion values. And so it's like, alright. Well, someone smarter than me who actually understands Monster math should do an analysis on how it's changed over the years. But, um, yeah. it's it's this, I, I wanted this to be a doorway for people to uh, actually start criticizing Monster Hunter and analyzing it. So, I'm surprised... Okay, so so you had you, you listed a, a bunch of the criticisms that people had. Did you get a lot of those? Like, did you get... Uh, so, <laughs> those... Out of the positive comments and negative comments, what would you say the ratio was? Uh, it was mostly positive at the beginning. Here's the thing. I stopped reading comments really quick. It was... Uh, after, like, the, the first major comments I got fantastic they were like they were people who had already subscribed to the channel because they already liked classic monster that's why they were there they were waiting for the video they left huge essays basically saying like this is what's needed for the community i agree with all of this you put it in perfect words how i've been feeling so thank you and i was like oh great then some of the criticisms came in those are the ones that i listed and they're fair totally fair it wasn't until gaijin hunter posted my video on twitter that people started insulting me uh, and at that point, I was like, hmm, you know, I have my actual professional career I should work on. You know, this is just for fun. I don't I'm, need my, my uh, headspace clouded by, yeah, by the... I, yeah. it, it kept me up at night. Give me a headache. Give me a headache. Because this is like the, the first time that uh, a video of mine that was like not what I used to do on my other channel, which was just mm -hmm. like dumb fan fiction for kids... Um, it completely changed, and uh, I had a completely different p set of people watching, uh, and people who don't know me, uh, and so it, it stressed me out. It kept me up at night, you know, gave me a headache, freaked me out, and I was like, you know what? 
I don't need this. I haven't checked the comments ever since like the first week. Literally, I have I not. I saw the, I think the Twitter replies on Gaijin Hunter's video, some of them, like, I don't know, they were just like a little bit too mean. I'm just not used to it. I'm just not used to it. Um, I'm used to being in my own little circle, my small gated community where what I have he, friends. What, what did he say when he posted it? What was a... Uh... Oh, Gaijin Hunter? Oh, he, he just yeah. loved it. Uh, he said he's never played Monster 2, which I knew. It was actually funny. He When he said like, oh, people have gotten better at Monster Hunter, I'm like, uh, no, Monster Hunter has gotten easier. <laughs> uh, and that's why I mentioned at the end of the video, I actually attacked Gaijin Hunter twice. Nothing against the guy, uh, but I think that uh, if he's uh, in such a high place where everyone's listening to him, he needs to actually play Monster Hunter too. <laughs> he needs to understand <laughs> the history because if he's in such a like a like a high place, you know, commenting on the series, and he's just getting stuff that's incorrect. People are getting misinformed on what Monster Hunter is, and that's not right. Um, like, uh, I know other people have complained about even, like, the wiki, or even Wikipedia, how it used to say that Portable Second was a port of Monster Hunter 2. That's not true. <laughs> and I remember that bothering me a lot when I was younger, because, like, uh, like just on Wikipedia, it's just blatantly incorrect, because no one in the Western audience has actually played this game. Okay, so... Uh, I went and looked at the comments of the video just today, yeah. and there were negative comments, but they were usually very, like, all of the top comments that have the most likes that, that are, like, if, just scrolling down. I didn't see a single negative comment until, like, I opened those comments, and I looked through the comments of those comments. So <laughs> you, you have a lot of positive okay. uh, comments, and, and, and you have a lot of ones where, like, you know, I don't agree with everything here, but this guy's saying something important. Uh or you'll get some people, it's like, you know, I like Monster Hunter now, but some of the stuff that he's describing with Monster Hunter Dose is, is really great. Uh, like, I, I, I kind of want some of that. So, I... I, I and then my own subscribers uh, showed my your video to me. So, you definitely made an impact. You've, you've, you're in the public awareness as a result of that video. Which is good. That's what I wanted. And if that's yeah. if that's it, like I my 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 plan actually next was to make a video commenting on Super Rad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I decided maybe I don't want that attention because uh, he's not a terrible guy. He's a good guy. He's fine. Uh, I just think that he should also play Monster Hunter too. Like actually play it because I know he did it. Well, it seems like it seems like your co complaints with how other people are criticizing is their actual style of criticism. Like. It's not even that you that you disagree with the conclusions. You just don't like uh, yeah, their mind the is way in that the, they reached them. The mind is in the right place. They're not using objective arguments. They're using a lot of subjective arguments, and they're not actually comparing gameplay. It's all from their feeling. It's like, oh, in the in Monster Portable 3rd, like, I felt like I really had to try harder when I was fighting the monsters. It's like, okay, that might be true, but unless you have, like, actual objective uh, evidence... It means nothing because everyone's experience with these games is going to be different because it's a video game. <laughs> uh, and so it's difficult to just use your uh, subjective views and your experiences as arguments. When with my video, I tried to mainly focus on what does the game offer the player? What can the player do at all times? Uh, and how is that different? So um, well, it's, well, yeah, it's your more whole broad. Point, the, your whole early point, at least, like I, I felt like maybe... Uh... Towards the end, you were getting closer to your conclusion, but but your early point uh, throughout the whole two thirds of the video was basically just differentiating between Dose's uh, uh, way of doing things and you know the more modern Monster Hunter way of doing things. Yeah, you didn't you didn't make any any 
value judgments, at least not in those parts of the of the video. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until the end where I start, and even then, like yeah. I basically criticize two. I say two is clunky. <laughs> it's bad. Don't play it. If you're a masochist, then only play it because uh, if you want an old Monster Hunter, play Freedom Unite. Like that's what I ultimately say. Uh, and that's because uh, I don't think that two is the best game. I, the 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 clickbait and the thumbnail, like saying like, is it better than Rise and World? It's obviously clickbait. It's stupid. It's not true. Uh, <laughs> I I would actually rank Rise and World higher than two. But there's some there's elements of value which I think just need to be brought back. The mint. You just want the mint. I just want the mint. Okay. So was was there anything else uh, that you wanted to cover? Uh, let's just check my notes here, but I think that might be it. Um, uh, <laughs> I had a bit in case we were to talk about uh, Dark Souls <laughs> and how yeah. I, I don't like how... Uh, no, don't worry about it. I, just, I was just going to talk about how I don't like um, the combat in Dark Souls uh, and that's why I prefer Monster Hunter, even though I do like both games. <laughs> But um, and what, then what about the combat? I I don't like circle strafing and I don't like lock on. That's all. <laughs> I don't like circle strafing, but that's really a problem that exists mostly in one. But it really was a big problem in one. Yeah. Like it was really bad <laughs> in one. Uh, but uh, I don't and, I I don't I, like lock on in one because you don't have a good way of like. In three, it's not so bad because the the lock on you don't have a you have omnidirectional rolling. You can roll in any direction. Right. Uh, in three, and you can run backwards. You yeah. know, you can run backwards, and it like that helps. Like so, it's it's not that much of a problem. Plus, it's necessary for PvP aspects. Yeah. And a lot of people don't care about PvP, but uh, I do because it, it doesn't exist anywhere else. The kind of PvP that you get from Dark Souls is unique. And, right. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to make a great deal of sacrifices to maintain the the PvP because you know, fuck all you guys. I need I need more. <laughs> I've been stuck on Dark Souls three PvP for the last <laughs> five years. Right. I have a friend who's just like that. He's got like a thousand hours, and all he does is just PvP. And it's like, all right. Uh... No, it's just like not like other PvP. It's, it's yeah. very unique. It's a uh, it's very appealing to the kinds of people that that like that specific thing. Right. So I know some people that just don't even care about the game that much in story wise. They'll just go. They just PvP. run it for the PvP. Yeah, they'll run. They'll, all right, time to make a new build, guys. I thought about this. Let me let me put another <laughs> like five hours in the game. Really quickly go through everything, get all the items I want. Yeah. <laughs> go go to the Pontiff Sullivan area. Let's go PvP time. <laughs> I, uh, my, my point with the Dark Souls is I was actually going to bring it back to Monster Hunter and how, uh, because you can't lock on to the enemy in the older Monster Hunter games, I know you can, your camera can lock on, uh, but, uh, how, when a game, when the player is offered the ability to automatically snap onto the enemy, it becomes very video gamey and not really a simulation where the, the player has to have full control over, uh, their positioning. Uh, basically, like, the, the lock-on is to, like, assist the player in seamless combat. I don't really play shooter games, but uh, shooter games are very authentic because you actually need to aim. And Monster Hunter, I, I like the ability that you have to go out of your way to position yourself and aim yourself. Um, well, I think you, ha you have the ability to lock on permanently, kind of like Dark Souls now in Monster Hunter. However, most people don't use it. It doesn't no, work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work the way it does in Monster Hunter, uh, the, the way it does in, in Dark Souls. And, that, and that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think lock-on is a good idea. I kind of like the... What, what, I think it's the focus cam or the target yeah, the, whichever one but that just kind of like 
makes the camera look at the monster slightly for a second. Yeah. And uh, that that one I kind of like, but permanently locked onto the monster, that's actually detrimental. And, yeah. I do, and even if they could find a way to make it work, I don't think I would like that. I, th- I think it's just different games entirely. Um, yeah, uh, it's just it was just something interesting I wanted to bring up. And then the other thing, and uh, I know I know we're like at two hours now, so I know we have to wrap it up. Uh, my, th- I, I mean, if I was gonna say my thoughts on what I want from Monster Hunter Six, but I mean, just watch my video. Uh, and just then, watch my video. I want. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wanted to say for Rise, I actually love Rise more than World in some ways. Um, uh, the story is better, even though it still is kind of rough. I wanted to say I'm excited for Monster Hunter Stories 2. I, I have that pre-ordered. I'm going to see if that runs on my computer. Uh, that was another funny comic. People are like, how are you running this on a Mac? And I'm like, magic. <laughs> magic. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I, I am excited to see what Stories is doing, even though I also think that Stories is, as you put, cognitive dissonance. Like, they, they like it doesn't... <laughs> it's just really weird when you hear the characters talk about monsters and they're like... They don't just address them as animals because that's what they are. It's like I have a monstie, and there it's a monster, and it's like, oh my goodness, just call it an animal. Like it, they're so they they have to like Capcom's so stuck on like these are the terms we have to use, and it's like well, I mean, there, there's not, no way they're gonna get away with not calling them monsters. I, I like, know, like, let's be I know. Real. It, it's like they're the game's called Monster. You can't animal hunter it just doesn't have the same ring i just know that like you know in a game like that where uh they're commenting on previous monster hunter by having a character say hey maybe they're not all bad maybe we can coexist maybe this could be my friend why don't they interesting yeah why don't they at least call it this is my friend you know why like they're they're like oh the bonds between the the rider and the monstie it's like no just say well they try they try and do what you're talking about okay so so but you're so they, they're, you're saying that in order, it would be easier to identify with the thing if they didn't call it a monster. Yeah. Uh, and their solution kind of was to call it a monsty. It's a cute, yeah, which little, is really small baby. Silly. Mon- it's a very, yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate. Uh, but the, at least they they understand what you're talking about. Like they 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 agree with you. They just couldn't find a better solution <laughs> than calling it a monsty. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for that game. Uh, I and then ultimately, uh, just want to really qu- quickly comment on Rise's End Game. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone agrees on that. So, well, no, no, no. Uh, large, large. I don't know exactly the percentages, but right, <laughs> no one does. I know that my audience understands how I feel about about a lot of the stuff, and I don't get. You know, I explain myself. I tell them why I think the things that I do, and I don't get a lot of negative comments. I, I don't right. know how. I don't know what other people are doing to get so much negative comments, but I don't get. I don't get a lot of negative comments. Um, but I know that there are people that viscerally defend uh, Monster Hunter Rise's end game and and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I just I can't tell anymore. Like it's hard to tell where we stand numerically, uh, right. and I think this is maybe a problem Capcom has. They don't know how many of us there are that would yeah. like to see more difficulty and perhaps a little mint. Uh, they don't know. Like they can't tell. All they get is unanimous praise uh, <laughs> all over the place. 
unless it's, constant unanimous plays it's like oh we can do no wrong so <laughs> unless it's instagram comments then everyone's just saying update world add another update for world it's like all right um yeah it's uh they they don't get proper criticism and it's it's also a, an issue of games journalism uh cuz you know they pay the people to write good reviews they give them early copies they praise it, and it's like, oh man. It's not. It's not payment, but it, yeah, yeah, I know what you're. you're just yeah, saying. you know what I mean. Actual payment. Yeah. Well, it's it's a Matthew effect kind of thing. I. It's a. I don't know if I want to get into that. Right yeah, we now. shouldn't. We shouldn't. We should. We should you move should. on. We should just end this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do just want to wind down. Uh, fairly quickly what did you think did you watch e3 do you care about e3 did you see uh, the i did thing? Uh, capcom was is there awful. anything that you're excited about okay yeah so the only thing that excited me was uh i was actually really excited for the sakino uh layered armor and this is this is gonna be really autistic of me uh and it's because uh the um sakino i'm absolutely sure is meant to be a reference to sailor moon um, and some people have pointed it out before. The name is the name main character, and it's meant like the the design, especially um, the uh, the moon on the the outfit. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be. I'm a big fan of that series. That in if you watch in my video, uh, I name my character uh, Mina Kawaino, which is a name from one of the characters from the anime. Uh, and so I was really really happy to see uh, a blatant, what I believe, a blatant reference to something i really really enjoy and so uh that was the one the thing cat? the cat the cat sakino uh, the cat uh, uh it's the one thing i was excited about <laughs> and I, I was like uh i was like yeah when are they gonna drop the sakino palico layered <laughs> armor <laughs> when are they gonna drop that um and i was yeah it was just just me being obsessive and weird but uh, and I got that. I got that last night because they, they released it and I put it on and I'm like, it's so weird hearing the cat speak English, but I kind of love it. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, E3 was pretty bad. I mean, like I'm a big Nintendo guy, uh, so I was kind of happy with what Nintendo's doing. I, uh, I'm a little bit... I was bit... fairly happy with Nintendo's. Uh, yeah. I like Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread really got me excited. I like Metroid in general. Uh Breath of the Wild 2, I kind of we already knew it was working on, but it's nice to have, you know, a <laughs> yeah. release year. Um, what else was there for this? There was one more thing I forget though. Whatever. Uh, generally disappointing. You know, not nothing much interesting going on anywhere. Of course, except for Elden Ring. But that except for Elden Ring, E3. yeah, which wasn't even yeah. part of E3. But I am excited yeah. to play Elden Ring. Uh, it looks exciting. Um, I wasn't really a big uh, Bloodborne or um, what was the other one? The Japanese one. Mm, Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah. Uh, I don't really care. I only really... I like, like, dragons, medieval, you know? Right. Uh, so uh, I think Elden Ring is more of that again. So exciting. I think I would have liked Sekiro more if there was PvP, but whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, you know, the real thing... The real problem with Sekiro is that I probably don't understand... I, I'm, I'm rather mired in Western mythos and right. uh, Western right. legends... And so I'm very, I'm very, I understand that stuff. I read a lot about it. I read a lot of comparative mythology. I read a lot of um, stuff uh, and, and how it might be psychologically compelling and why things might uh, have happened the way that they did and why some stories keep keep reoccurring and stuff like that. Uh, whole hero's journey kind of thing. Right. But I don't know a lot of 
Japanese mythos, and I would right. have to really deep, like it probably is there though. Like there's probably a lot of symbolic meaning just just behind a layer that I don't understand because I'm a foreigner and I right. don't understand that uh, all the all that mythos and culture. Um, is there anything that you're excited for other than what was shown on E3? Any any game? Um, what am I excited for? Uh, funny enough, I'm actually no longer excited for Breath of the Wild. <laughs> too really um, yeah how come uh i played through the whole game 100 hours in breath of the wild and i realized hmm i don't like this i just i'm a bad fan and i just want ocarina of time again that's all i want uh no that's not being a bad fan that's being <coughs> good so okay uh, let, let me get let's <laughs> let's drop some breath of the wild uh opinions i liked breath of the wild i thought it was an amazing game great game a lot of hours on it uh but I tried to get my friend into it, and me and my friend are big Zelda fans, like huge Zelda fans. We love Zelda. Yeah. And he played it. He didn't like it. And I swallowed my urge to beat him and <laughs> uh, asked him why. And he, he he fumbled around. He couldn't really describe it, but I finally like got it out of him, and it wasn't like other Zeldas. And then he, then he dropped like this truth bomb on me that I hadn't thought of before, and he's like, is this what we're just going to have now, just... Breath of the Wilds with no dungeons, no puzzles. Uh, and it's not a proper hero's journey like all the other Zeldas are. No. Like all the other Zeldas are proper hero's journey. It's like straight out of the manual. Yeah, every literally. Time. Every you can't time. go wrong <laughs> when you just follow the formula of the hero's journey. You can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and Breath of the Wild was not that. No. Um, for all the good things that it had, I miss dungeons first of all there was no dungeons the 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 little the um uh, statues don't count they don't they're not proper dungeons <laughs> i want i want good vast multi-roomed multi-floored dungeons with puzzles and uh and if and as much as i want more breath of the wild uh i would like a breath of the wild too if this is just the standard now and we're not going to get any more puzzles then breath of the wild has killed zelda it's killed it. <laughs> and 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 it's living in its husk it's taken over its body but it's not the same this is just like the, what we're talking about with monster hunter I, it, it, the the good the good thing is is that they they still acknowledge the old you know they're re-releasing skyward sword uh you know they did a yes. remake of link's awakening they still yes. acknowledge the old they acknowledge their own mint and i know that after breath of the wild 2 because right now they're just trying to reuse their assets you know bank on the money I get it. If they do a Breath of the Wild 3, I'll be done with Zelda, because, like, right now, I'm not going to buy uh, the second one. I have no intention to buy it, because I just... Eh, I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. That's all. I, Simple as that. Uh, look, I, I think it could still be good. Like, yeah, I think me too. Maybe... No, it's not even... It's not. They could still be good on, on in Zelda standards. Like, it can have all the stuff it had, uh, but, but, like, first of all, the combat in Breath of the Wild, was I the only one who thought it was just trash? Like, it was bad. Like just... uh, being able to pause and heal, that was bad. That was so bad. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, most of the weapons had you stuck on yeah. the ground where you were. Like, you couldn't move forward or backward yeah. uh, as you as you swung your weapon. Like, he, that man was firmly planted, rooted to that ground. He <laughs> did not want to move. Um, so just a lot of things, uh, a lot of small things. But I think, give me better combat, get me dungeons and puzzles back. Make it a proper hero's journey this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, connect it more to the older games a, a little bit, and I'll be happy. Like I, I'm, I'm liked the open. Like you played a hundred hours. Yeah. You liked enough to play in a hundred hours. Right. I, I like the open world aspect. You just gotta mix it in with the mint. 
That's all I'm saying. I want mint chocolate ice cream. Damn it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's fine that there's chocolate there, but by God, put back the mint. Uh, yeah. Um, but but other than that, I also found E3 fairly um, disappointing. But it's like um, I kept seeing stuff on social media where some people were very like they'd be like, yeah, it was disappointing, and then some people were like, imagine having expectations for E3 or like so it was just like just these reactions where like people were were not happy with the people that were expressing their distaste at Capcom for for their show. Yeah. And it was it was weird because it's like the level of reaction is too high. Like like nobody really cares that much. We all kind of saw the roadmap. Right. Uh, and so like I think the the level of disappointment that that fans have been expressing is very legitimate. Like just yeah. very normal. Like very very normal, very legitimate. It's not like we're out here bashing Rise because of the Capcom uh, E3 no, uh, trailer. Not like, it's not happening. But then the reaction that I saw saw it happen was way overblown. And then people, then the original guys, then they got offended, and then they retaliated. Is what I think. It, it looks like what happened to me. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, it's uh, I'm excited for Monster Hunter Six. Just. <laughs> That's, get it, that's what I'm excited. Get it yeah. over with. Uh, do an do an ultimate. Add Kieran, please. Add Kieran. I I want to see. Why Kieran? Hmm. Why Kieran? A lot of reasons. I actually have a video on it. Uh, one, I th I really really like Kieran. I think Kieran is a fantastic monster. Uh, I know a lot of people mm -hmm. don't. I do. I also really like the armor set. <laughs> but but. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you do? Okay. And the do you, uh, do you play as a female character or as a male character? Uh, I'll have one. Sa I'll have two save files. Like on Rise, I have two save files. Um, uh, and so yeah, and I like I like both both the armor sets. I think it's goofy on the guy. You know, like it's it's fun. Um, and it, but yeah, I made a video on it, uh, and I just think that it's a fantastic monster. I think like personally, it fits in with with Rise's uh, motif. I is, think it could. is that what you would like to see? Like out of all the monsters, they could add Kieran. The, literally, the number one literally top? Kieran. That is my wow. number one. Yeah, and I, that is a that's a weird take. I know. Yeah, I'm like like one. That's like like you might be the only person. I am. <laughs> I am Kieran. the one true Kieran fan out there who just wants Kieran in every game. I. Uh, I mean, I like Kieran. Don't get me wrong, but like like more than a lot of the other monsters they could be bringing. That's that's pretty impressive. That's some <laughs> dedication to the fandom. Yeah. Um. I think that's everything. Yeah, I think I've covered everything that I wanted to. Uh, Jacob, thanks a lot for coming. This has been the Yggdrasil Podcast. Everybody, thank you for listening.